Episode 36, Bus Driver Experience. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, welcome on the bus. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the show. Share that show. You haven't listened to it yet, but you're going to want to. And if you do that, it really helps to support this show. I know I hate going over all the ways to help and support, but... I got to plug myself. I got to support myself. And I want to, first of all, thank you everybody who does support this show, whether it's through sharing the podcast um, or sharing the podcast that's on YouTube, sharing the videos, supporting through the Patreon page, which there will be links to that in the show bio, or you can find the bus driver experience on Patreon itself. And if you're going to support this show um, through buying some of the CBD products that sponsor the show, which is Ambry Gardens. Ambry Gardens is a CBD pro company out of Colorado. I've connected with them over the past two months, and I can say their products work. They're fantastic. They, I'm very skeptical about using new products, especially products in the health and wellness space. Uh, could even be seen as holistic wellness space. You know what I'm saying? You know, Does this work? Is it working? Is it magic? Who knows? But there is you know, case studies and scientific studies behind CBD and how it works. We talk about this with other former guests on my show and the stuff definitely helps me, whether it's, you know, using it at the end of the day, using it after a hard workout or hard uh, training session. I love it. It helps me recover. And if you want to support this show and get a 15% discount on your CBD products, use promo code BUSDRIVER at AmbryGardens.com or check out their Instagram page. Those links are in the bio. Massive thank you to Jake and everybody over at Ambry Gardens. And yeah, let's jump into this show. Now, today's guest is a special guest because Jeff Morris, Dr. Jeff Morris, dermatologist, who's currently uh, working on his residency out in outside of Detroit, Michigan, is a very old friend of mine and actually one of the f- is was not just is, but was the first podcast I ever shot and created um, with my original podcast on the bus. Um, I had some great conversations with Jeff's over the years. Jeff is, uh, you know, publishes papers nonstop on dermatology and knows a lot about the skin. He's got a lot of hot takes on a lot of hot issues. And, you know, we may not see or believe and think in some of the same things that are happening going on in, um, in today's world, politics, societal and culturally. But, um, these conversations are important to have, and it's important for people to understand that people with different differentiating views and differing views, um, know how to sit down, talk, converse, and eventually have some kind of empathy to understand where the other person's point of view is coming from. It's one of the main reasons why I do this show. Um, and I love Jeff and he's a great friend. I can't wait to see him again and everybody else. I know you're going to love him too. Here's episode 36 with the doctor, Dr. Jeff Morris, AKA money P. No, I'm not a writer. Okay. special show i don't think a lot of people know or i mean if they do they are some ride or die fans but jeff you were the first guest on any podcast i've ever done you were you were the first i was the first i mean there's a couple other numbers as well but i know we we, we have a history i mean uh with uh with these things we do we always have a good time so i was i was happy with that thrilled to come back happy doesn't even describe it you know it was uh, <laughs> well i mean yeah what was that paul's house just me and you uh blum wasn't there for that one it was just me and you or was blum there for i don't remember but blum came like okay i remember yeah blum came like an hour late came in 
And then, uh, and then the second time was at this, um, it was actually at this little studio that we did and, and Blum's, uh, some, you know, he was just messing up his mic. He was doing something funny with, with his mic. You know, Blum loved the guy. Love, love the guy. Him, but, uh, God, I love the guy. But, uh, yeah, someone with the mic. Uh, both podcasts were great though. I had a lot of fun doing them and they, you know, sure. they're always amazing. You, you, uh, you have an interesting, uh, take on things, the world. Is that glitching on your end? Do you hear that? I don't hear any glitch. It sounds uh, perfect. Smooth as smooth as a river. Perfect. That's just my end. But yeah, um, you know, we always have some good, interesting takes on there. And I know since you know I have last spoken to you, I haven't seen you in forever. And I think um, you know since then you've be, uh, become an actual official doctor. You're working yeah. out there in Detroit, but you've always been a um specialized in the uh, area of skin and you continue to do research uh, and scientific research as well as uh um published papers on you know dermatology yeah. so yeah, you know, yeah. Fill, fill us in on the world of skin you know what what is going on on the oh. the largest organism on the body no the lar- largest organ i mean it's it's just the quickest to regenerate you know every uh skin cell turns over every 30 days, you know, you get, you, you literally have a new uh, exterior organ. We call the skin every, every 30 days. And it's just in a constant state of change. And um, I mean, there's a, uh, there's so much variety in the, in the, the pathological aspect of it, because think of all, all the things we come in contact to uh, in the external world. I mean, the sun, all these chemicals and even a lot of internal um, stimuli, um, cause it to change and to uh, get all these different like pathological states. So you need to know like thousands. I mean, there's literally thousands. I just got a hospital consult a couple of days ago. Super, super rare. Um, this thing called sweets, sweet syndrome. Um, you're never going to hear about it anywhere else. And, you know, you just see so many different um, interesting things um, usually have to do with like the immune system uh, either going haywire. And so we either like calm it down or we use a lot of like, um, drugs that calm down the immune system because, you know, your skin, it's just, it's an immune organ as well. I mean, think about any kind of, uh, organ that's involved in, um, kind of protection against you is also protection for you against these like bacteria or viruses or anything you come in contact with. It needs to have like a robust immune system and this robust immune response. Uh, but the fact that it has all these immune cells in it and causes it to go haywire a lot of times. So you got to know, I mean, I can even, I'll just show you since they're right here. Like, this is, like our, <laughs> this is our main. This is our one book. Like, it's called Bologna, and it's just like double volume, and like you know, it's just filled with like the most. It's got like three thousand pages, and you know, you got to know it, you know, because you're the specialist. So it's what I wanted to do, and it's what I love doing. So I, I love reading and learning about it. And it's been a good journey. I mean, last time I talked to you, I was a medical student. And just doing research in it because I wanted to get involved. And uh, a lot of that research was about uh, skin cancer and how to diagnose it early, uh, even among primary care physicians. This tool's called the Dermatoscope. Um, and I just actually published a paper um, just like a couple of days ago. It was just a case, you know, case report, uh, but nothing really too substantial. So I like to just be involved and, uh, you know, do research and just like learn as much as I can because, uh, because it's, a, it's an interesting field. Do you, quick, real quick, do you have headphones you could throw in real quick so we can uh, battle that echo that we got going on over there? Yeah, let me um, let me get some headphones. One second. No, on the hop, on the hop. 
We're live, baby. We're live. What's... Oh, yeah, one second. No, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. What's up, everybody who is tuning in? Welcome on the bus. You're in it. You're, you're on it. Everybody who's watching on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, thank you guys for tuning in. I know there's a bunch of you right there. Go ahead and go subscribe to the Bus Driver Experience on YouTube. See, I can look and see who's on there. Oh, we have three people on Facebook. We got five on YouTube, five on Twitch. Wow, a lot of good livers. We got people watching. All right, we in? Yeah, we are. We are all plugged in. That is way better, less echo. So, yeah, we're talking about the skin and, you know, all the research you have done. And I know cancer um, as being one field that you had uh, done a lot of research and stuff in. How are we doing in terms of, uh, you know, I wouldn't say treatments, but, you know, in terms of, uh, I think the best part is preventative. How are we doing in preventing um, cancer uh, on the skin? Well, the improvements have been made in just education mostly, like, you know, to educate. And it's so funny to talk, most of our patients are a little bit older because, you know, the elderly tend to get a lot more skin cancer than, uh, you know, you know, our age, even though I've even had skin cancer myself just because I grew up in Florida playing tennis. So everyone, everyone gets it. If you're Caucasian, by the time you are 50 or 60, you're going to get skin cancer, you know, unless you, you have your part Native American, but like everybody, everybody gets it. Whoa, so whoa, it's, they, can't, they don't get skin cancer? Native Americans, no, they don't seem to get it. <laughs> like just low percentage or like it just hasn't happened? Yeah, it's like it almost doesn't happen um, Interesting. in that pot. Any, any yeah, reason why you guys, figured that, like, you guys figured out why or is it? Well, even – well, I mean it makes sense. People with a lot of melanin in their skin don't seem to get it as much. Um uh, like African Americans, they if they get it, they tend to get it um, on acral surfaces, like their hands and their feet. It's just the type. It's just the type of cancer uh, melanoma that they get, and it makes sense because melanin is like a natural um, kind of shield against this UV radiation that we know mutates the DNA and causes skin cancer. Uh, so most of the the progress has been in education. Like if you ask your parents. They all like all these patients that are older. They said, well, well, hey, we didn't know the sun was bad, that it caused cancer. When they were out in the sun, they would go with these reflectors and it actually (laughs) put oil on their skin and just soaking it up. (laughs) So they're just trying to to do whatever they can to just soak up more and more of these UV rays. They thought it was good. Vitamin D, you know, they knew about the vitamin D. They didn't know about the skin cancer. So we know a lot more and I think people are more educated now. So that's a huge plus. Um, and, and sunscreen also, I mean, that's like our main technology. We know that physical blockers, like the ones containing zinc and titanium are the best, but they don't rub in as well. So, you know, a lot of people don't like to wear them, but, um, you know, if if you're like me and now I know, know this stuff, you know, my entire childhood, I was pretty, pretty, um, cavalier, right. In my application of sunscreen. And, you know, the more, you know, the, the more anxious and uh, worried you get about things. And so, yeah. You, you take precautions, you put on sunscreen, and that's really where our prevention is, um, you know, is right now. But the science is not like it's not like we have amazing preventative treatments. Like you put on this cream, you'll never get skin cancer. It's something you need to put on every day to prevent these UV lights from uh, from damaging your your DNA. Well, it, it, the sad part, you know, back to the education part of it is that you know we still have to educate some racist people to say like, no, like there's a thing called melanin in people's skin. Who are you know a black or African uh, Native American, 
and that's why you know they don't get cancers or they or they look a certain way like you know <laughs> there's the education we're still working on right there not just like hey too much of this will cause you cancer and will cause a mutation in your cells like don't go out there and put butter on your skin or oil yeah like, that's yeah. not good <laughs> well and you know it can happen to anybody um interesting uh little little jeopardy tidbit that um nobody seems to know but bob marley what do you what do you think he died of just like uh, i'm seeing it what just he, taking wild death, he, had, he, had the mean, he had the infection uh and the infection in like a cut in his foot that he was playing soccer and he never let it heal is that correct that's close but wrong um really? it, it's actually he had like i said um those um african americans when they get melanoma they get it in they get them in their hands and feet he had a melanoma, an acral lentiginous melanoma, and died from melanoma. So you can get it even when uh, you know, even when you have all this melanin. Um, you just got to check your hands and feet. So he died of melanoma, and uh, it can get anybody. So good little, good little tidbit for the day. Yeah, I just fact checked you. You're right on that one. Bravo, sir. Yeah. Uh -huh. All right. Wow. Good oh wow, you're on top of it, right? Look at you. Look at you. It's like, I like the fact checks. You know, no. No BS here, okay? This is this is not where you come for fake news. I'll tell you that. We didn't we didn't get into your conspiracies yet, so don't worry. The fact checking is going down. Um, <laughs> but right. no, no, the skin the skin is um no, it's super fascinating, especially when you just mentioned right there that every thirty days, you know, basically every month we have a, we get a new we get a new layer, we have a new codon that is that you know brand new and fresh. And um, how, what I know um you know obviously. The reason we, you know, die or pass, you know, our cells just stop replicating and duplicating at a speed that can, you know, keep us alive. Um, you know, it, does it start like, you know, taking double the time as we get older or is it just, you know, the skin? Or, yeah, is basically the skin just not replicating? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't take double the time. It's pretty consistent. I mean, what happens when you get older is uh, your, your, your DNA has these, um, it's called telomeres and uh, they keep on getting shorter and shorter and shorter and there's really no way to stop that and the telomeres uh in the in the dna um they're kind of almost like a uh it's like the you can't like stop them from getting shorter when they get shorter you're going to get this dna damage you're going to get this uh all, all the changes that elderly people get um so it's just something that's happening at the dna uh, it's even smaller than the cellular level but like i think the cellular um structures like they're the same but there's a ton of different changes that do happen in, in the skin as you get older. The, um, as far as I know, it's still the same 30 days. Uh, it takes about 15 days from your cells to get from the, the basal layer, which is where the stem cells are in the skin, up until the very top layer, the stratum corneum, which is more just like there's no nuclei. They're kind of dead cells, but it, there's it's like a barrier that actually forms. So 15 days to get to that barrier, and then another 15 days in that stratum corneum, which is like this kind of dead if you will just because they don't have nuclei and it's just like a shield almost so it's 30 days in total that's not changing but as you get older the dermis uh which is the layer under the the you know the epidermis mm -hmm. and the collagen um you know you get much less collagen much less elastin so your skin isn't elastic you know you can you it's literally like see how my skin is just like you know you pinch it right there you pinch it it just goes right back you know we're back we're back right we're right at square one <laughs> Uh, when you get older, the the collagen, the elastin just breaks down, and you have less of it, and uh, the the you know the quantity of that that you do have of it is um, it's just poor quality as well, and so you don't get that elastic recoil, and there's you know a host of other changes. So you know things happen, and it happens at the cellular level, it happens at the level of the DNA as well with the telomeres.
No, it's super, uh, it's super fascinating. And this actually leads me into, you know, where I wanted to go into next because um, I think probably skincare products are or products that we put on our skin is like one of the most advertised and published like, you know, um, you know, products out there, you know, hey, lotions, you think about all the lotions besides sunscreen lotions that you put on your skin, whether it's, you know, trying to avoid dry skin when we get out of the shower, if you use hot water or after you go out in the sun and putting some aloe on. So like, you know, I know you talked about, was it zinc and titanium are like the best right. to use, you know, preventative, yep. but yeah. you know, are there any like actual good things we can put on our skin after or are most of these products full of shit? For example, I got like some kind of CBD and hemp stuff. Um, you know, I know that's great because yeah. of the cannabinoids that are found inside of not just my own DNA and my cells, but also in, uh, yeah. um, that, that comes in those products itself. But, you know, is there anything that we should be using there or is most of that stuff full of shit? There's a lot of stuff that I think is for a lack of a better word, full of shit, but <laughs> there, uh, there's, but you know, it, so anyways, the science is pretty clear on, um, the stuff that everyone should be using are sunscreens when you go out in the sun. Um, obviously the science is just, you know, you, you, there's ample evidence to, to show like the benefits that that does. Uh, and a retinoid at night, uh, which is normally a prescription that you get from a dermatologist. Um, or there's like a, a very similar or, you know, it's exactly the same except very like a, a little bit weaker. It's called a retinol and that's an over the counter products. So that, um, has a, another, you know, a host of benefits for you. Like, decreasing um like all this like pigmentation you know so it evens out your skin tone uh kind of uh, decreases fine lines and wrinkles and it almost gives you like a more young appearance and it even fights um these like sun damage like these precancerous spots uh and and you know and so it, that's uh, a very good thing that everybody should be using at night is the best time to use that so the science on those two are are clear there's also these other things like vitamin c um actually it's an antioxidant um uh, there's uh, this kojic acid, which helps with pigmentation. So there's a lot of these natural kind of vitamin supplements as well that have some evidence as well. Um, but, you know, I see, I know some people that put on eight and 10 creams a night, you know, I'm not <laughs> sure if you need all that, you know, I, I think, you know, simple, simple is better. And uh, it's, you know, whatever, whatever you want talk to your dermatologist, um, probably knows more about like all of these um, supplements because a lot of these supplements, the science uh, is not a, amazing and uh you know so we do know i can say without doubt you know everyone should be putting on sunscreen um a moisturizer if, if you have dry skin or if you have like a uh if you have like a condition like atopic dermatitis uh where you have like an impaired skin barrier then you need to be putting on some kind of moisturizer to like uh, put those ceramides and all these other proteins and lipids back in the skin that it's not having so it can actually act as a proper barrier so uh, a lot of things do have evidence, um, but you have to be specific. You know, if you ask me something specific, I could tell you. But, um, you know, I know a lot of those things like people cut up a grape and then they add some olive oil and then they put it on their skin. Like, probably not. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. You know, like, oh, tell, I me, think tell, me, tell me some more crazy ones that you've heard. People just get cre people just get so creative. I might have just made that up, honestly. Like, <laughs> I've heard them all. I've heard them all. And, uh, you know, I just can't. I just all you have to say is if, if it works, then, you know, use it. I don't know. I got who am I to tell you? I don't think there's no, you know, there's no evidence. You know, doctors are kind of um, we, we have to like abide by like what we know. We can't just like say things. And so, like, you know, I can just tell them, you know, we, there's no evidence to, to support, you know, the fact that, you know, using that. But if you heard on the Internet, you trust this person. I mean, 
Um, it's not like it's too expensive, but if it's expensive, I'd be like, you know, they're stealing their money. You know, I, I tell them, you know, this guy, uh, whatever, like if they have his product, this guy has, uh, you see this guy who made this, like he's got a really nice Ferrari. Don't, 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 uh, don't help pay for this guy's Ferrari. And that's what most people are doing. <laughs> okay. So let me ask you about a few more products. CBD, probably good. A lotion or cream with CBD in it. Yeah, I think it um, has some, uh, you know, anti-inflammatory effects. Like, you know, again, um, I I think we need to do more studies, but it looked like the initial studies do show promise. Say, what about uh, what about lotions with fragrance or perfumes in them? Not not good for a lot of people. If you have sensitive skin, a lot of people have either allergies to it or just like the fragrance in general. Uh, it causes um, your skin to get a little dry and irritated. So uh, we usually recommend products without those fragrances let's see what about makeup in general if people are using makeup for you know, particularly women which ones make what should they well i don't know having the makeup i couldn't tell you products uh but makeup no, not in products general, but like the 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 stuff that's inside what's what stuff that people should avoid using yeah i couldn't tell you i know that there's very low risk of an allergy like an allergic contact dermatitis to makeups, but there are uh, it's it's likely that you could get an irritant contact dermatitis, which is something that um, if you use enough of it, it could just irritate your skin. And uh, I don't know the specific the specific chemicals in some of the makeups; they're so varied. I couldn't tell you which chemicals uh, in your makeup to avoid. Uh, but um, a lot of people can get an irritation, and you would kind of know if if you were one of those people to get like an irritation to to your makeup because everywhere you put it. It, your skin gets irritated. Um, but I know it's highly unlikely that you can get an allergic contact dermatitis. Like there's an, a specific allergen that I can tell you to like make sure you don't use a makeup with this specific allergen in it. Um, that's, that's very uncommon. So that's why you don't really need to know the different uh, components of the makeup because they're so, it's so rare that you'll get an allergic contact dermatitis to it where you, you need to know the specific um, components of the makeup. So usually, if it, if it's irritating, don't use it, you know. And and they know where they put the makeup on a lot of the times. It'll it'll happen everywhere. So usually, not a big deal. Makeup is fine, you know. Use your makeup. You don't have to worry about it as long as it's not irritating you, like in all the places that you put it on. What about um? I I've heard this quote all the time. I'm sure a lot of people have. You know that you know that our skin is like the one of the most absorbent parts of our body. Like putting something on your skin is just like putting something on your tongue. Like. Could you explain that quote, like even to me? Because I, I mean, how and why is that so? No, I wouldn't say that's so. I'd say um, you have this stratum corneum, uh, which which acts as this impermeable barrier. So that's why if you put, uh, you know, you won't you won't absorb as much. So, so nicotine, for example, these nicotine patches, it gets in, it does get in, but the rate limiting step that prohibits it from getting in is the diffusion through that top layer. I was telling you about the stratum corneum. Which is the, it acts as this this barrier. It's like a thick. You know, if you look at the cells, they're these diamond-shaped, wide cells like that, and they're just like stacked, almost like a brick wall. So uh, it's not nearly as absorbent as, say, the tongue, uh, which doesn't have that stratum corneum. It just goes right to the the, the layers underneath it. So I would say, um, and depending on which part of your body, so your hands and feet have a really thick stratum corneum. So you you won't get that absorption as much in your hands as you will somewhere like, you know, your eyelid has probably the, the thinnest. Now you're going to you know put anything on your eyelid, but I'm just saying, for example, <laughs> that has like, that is a very 
thin stratum corneum, it'll get right in. So that's the rate limiting step is the diffusion through that top thick kind of brick like layer. Um, your mouth, your, your mouth, your mucosa doesn't even have that. So it'll, it'll absorb quicker and more efficiently. But is that why something like, you know, like CBD or something with, you know, of a cannabinoid that comes from the cannabinoid family works so well because it can break through and not have to be going all the way to the liver to be absorbed in the body? Well, uh, usually you put things on your skin, not so they get absorbed in your body. If you wanted it to get absorbed in the body, you would swallow it because you have this gut with all these villi, which the purpose of, you know, it going through your gut is for it to get absorbed in your body. That's what you would do if you wanted something to get absorbed in your body. Normally you put things on the skin because you want it to get absorbed right there in the skin. It's not going to be able to diffuse all the way down into the blood vessels nearly as well. That's why a lot of these like products that you put on your skin, they don't have systemic side effects because they're not really getting into the, the blood and, and diffusing into your entire body. They're usually right where you put them, which is why dermatology is so great because you could treat all these things without any systemic uh, consequences. You know, you just put it right there and it works. Well, yes and no. I think the way you explained it, like, you know, some of these things are like immune reactive. So, you know, something that's, you know, being, you know, corrupted or, you know, has an imbalance in your immune system. By the way, what, what like consists of the immune system? Like, is that like just your general major organs or what does? Oh God. Well, no, I mean, there's immune system cells in, um, well, immune system cells, organs. but like, what does the immune system consists of like, you know, you, it's like, it's like the phrase common sense. I don't, I, I hate when I hear that phrase because you know, it's, it's kind of like whatever you want to make common sense, you know, yeah. it, it, it's, you know, that's to, not common it, sense. No, no, that question no, no, is no, no, not, no, a, no, very no, 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 I'm saying it, it has, like you said, like in terms of like you're a medical doctor, you have very, 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 you know, elaborate or grandiose definition of this because you've understood all this, you know, but when someone says, you know, they see a multivitamin and say, oh, this is an immune booster. It's like, what? Like, what is my immune system? Like, you just think of your immune system as like this, this general system. Like, it's the main thing. And if I'm not, if I get sick, you know, you hear people like, yeah, my immune system's weak right now. And it's like, I don't know if you know, <laughs> I don't know if you know what that means. It's a good question. I know. I love the question. Um, cause it's, uh, it's a very fascinating, uh, you know, part of the human body. And uh, you try to like understand it, it gets so technical. And it's just like, it, it makes you wonder how could anything evolve this? How, how is this possible to happen randomly, like through these random mutations? Because you learn about it. It's so complex. I can't even begin to like describe geniuses, like people who I think are so smart. Like, they have a really tough time like understanding um, all of these immune cells that are working and there's no particular organ, but the main organ is your thymus, which creates these T cells and these B cells. And they all have these different names like natural killer cells, all these different cells in your body. And they, um, you have a, you have an innate immunity and an adaptive immunity. So obviously the innate immunity evolved first. It's innate. It's always there. And, uh, you have these cells like such as these natural killer cells that are kind of always there. If, if they, so they have these, um, signal recognition uh, particles on them uh, and they're able to see um, it's like a match it's it's like a key in a lock they're, they bind you know you have these cells going everywhere and they bind everything if they see a foreign par particle like a, like anything a virus or a bacteria or a fungus or a parasite if they see that hey this is not this is not me so it has a good uh, grasp on what's me and what's other 
And, uh, but not always, like in autoimmune conditions, this immune system, these immune system cells, they see me as other and they attack itself. And these are super common, especially in females. We're not sure why, but it could have something to do with the fact that females have, uh, they have to give birth and there's this, this other thing that's kind of grown into, into them. But these females get all these autoimmune conditions where their own immune cells are recognizing their own organs as other and attacking them. And it, they're very hard to treat. Uh, it's actually very, very hard to treat these autoimmune conditions. But, you know, we do our best. You know, we, we do what we can. Um, so you have this innate immune system that's always there and this adaptive immune system that evolved later. And that's even more complicated where they re a B cell or a T cell will recognize something and then it. It, it, it remembers, it has this memory where it's like, hey, we've, we've seen this bacteria before and that's why your first time seeing it, uh, it's gonna take about a week for these B cells to develop all these antibodies that can surround it and, and attack it. The second time around, it's gonna know. It, it made these antibodies already. So you see that same uh, pathogen again, boom. Like they're gonna, they're gonna fight it off almost instantly. You won't even get sick. But what happens with these common colds uh, which there are some coronaviruses in the, in the common cold, um, but there's, there's rhinoviruses, uh, there's all these other viruses that cause the common cold. They mutate every single year. There's hundreds of them, but so over time you get less, you know, so when you were five years old, you probably got 10 of these common colds a year. Now you might get one a year. So your immune system adapts it sees it before it's able to attack it almost instantly because it developed all these antibodies and past infections so it's super smart it's super complex it's almost like you always have this war going on that's keeping you healthy you know so at one level you're just constantly in battle with with each other you know these things are just eating each other up inside your bloodstream but if, if this kind of battle wasn't going on you wouldn't be healthy because that's what's like you know, and it's, it's not a good idea to just shelter your kids. Like, oh my God, these pathogens, you can't just shelter your children because then in the long run, um, it actually can, you know, can cause more harm than good. You actually want, so, so for, for asthma, which is related to a, a common skin condition, atopic dermatitis, which is on the rise in the Western world. Um, if you shelter your kids from all these um, pathogens and stuff, more likely that you're going to get atopic dermatitis and asthma. Whereas it, statistics have shown if you actually have a cat or a dog uh, at a young age, you're much less likely to get things like atopic dermatitis, and um, which is a, which is you know pretty severe condition because they're so itchy and it could last their almost their entire life. So that's an amazing that's an amazing yeah. stat right there. You know, um, you know, or just like. Uh, I don't know what you call it, like odds, you know, like, hey, if you uh, if you have an animal, you know, dog or cat, you're less likely to have that one skin condition. Um, um, what is what are those percentages at? Because that's, that's amazing. Because I know so many people, you know, either um, don't live with pets, don't want pets, um, especially around young children. But, you know, it's like the, the you know, you know, the herd immunity we know that works with like chicken pox. Like, oh, yeah, one of the kids got chicken pox. Let's get let's let's uh, let's let them uh, hang out together. Let's get these kids some pox. Just get them pox. I mean, that's uh, a little bit different. But like, I don't know the exact statistics, but uh, I know atopic dermatitis is on the rise. Uh, it's been on the rise, especially in the Western Hemisphere, where we're, we're so concerned with, you know, hygiene and, you know, alcohol, wash your hands and everything. It might have something to do with that, that you're not giving your immune system the opportunity to to see all these um, pathogens in the environment. And it's some, it causes some kind of immune dysregulation. We don't fully understand. Another interesting, um, you know, fact about 
uh, atopic dermatitis. Um, also, it's called um, eczema. You know, it's just it's just it's just eczema all over your, you know all over your body. Super common in little kids. I'm sure you probably know someone with it. I mean, I mean, almost everybody does it. it it's so common, but it has to do with your uh, gut bacteria. You know, your your microbiome. Um, so they were saying that um, there's studies, and it's 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 known among dermatologists that if the while um, in pregnancy, uh, when the when the mom takes uh, probiotics makes it less likely for the kid to get atopic dermatitis. And that's even in that book, that huge uh, book that I showed you. So it's, it's well known. It's not just one study. It's, it's like basically a, you know, a common um, medical knowledge that these probiotics um, what are helping with the gut bacteria and cause, you know, making it less likely for the kid to get uh, conditions that, like that are um, associated with these immune dysregulations, like an atopic dermatitis. Here, do me a favor, take a step back a little bit. I want to make sure I can cut up some good content from you so you're fully in the shot. Bam. All right. No, dude, I, I, it's really interesting. You know, you, you mentioned it and, um, you made a good point about that. You know, that what doctors know, it, it, it continuously has to evolve and improve upon. And, you know, you guys being forced in not just peer review, but being forced to be held under the microscope of the scientific method and the scientific theory, like, um, you know, process. You know, it, it can't just be like, hey, I can make this claim. I can make this happen. As well as, you know, the advancements we've made in the past hundred years, especially in medicine, have just been, you know, I mean, if anything, we can make a direct correlation to the population jump we've had as well in the past hundred, hundred and twenty years, where we've seen the population go from one billion to seven and a half billion. Um, you know, in medicine, you know, with, you know, different antibiotics and vaccines that have, you know, been developed, discovered and, you know, treatments for, you know, common ailments have, you know, you know, even jumped the lifespan, you know, 30, 40 year average from like, you know, I'm sure we're in the mid thirties or early forties in the early 1900s to where it is now. That That's like amazing. And it's fascinating. However, you know, there's still so much we don't know. And there's still so much we're trying to figure out and trying to say. So, you know, when someone says to you, Hey, Oh yeah, I got this skin thing. That's going to cure this, or I have this, this skin treatment, you know, or I'm a doctor. It's a brand new study. It's like, do your homework, do your research. Doctors aren't perfect either. And however, they still have a lot to, to test and figure out because there's, there's still so much that we're learning as a species, especially when it comes to medicine. And I think like the gut microbiome is one that we've, you know, really, really, been looking at like a little bit more intensely in the past, you know, I'd say 10 years only, but you know, I'm, I'm sure that study, um, about the gut microbiome, especially in pregnant women is like, wow, you know, this is something that, you know, can cut your chances of your child having eczema at, you know, a pretty sizable odds and percentage, you know, and that's just taking a pill in the morning, which, which is amazing, you know, to, to, to be able to take away, you know, the stress or pain of, you know, from the parents in the future to the child growing up, you know, it, it, it's, it's such an amazing feat, you know, to, to doctors and medicine itself that we can figure that out and, you know, do that for the general population of the world. It's amazing. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, it's every year. It's like, you got, you know, you're having new information being, you know, shed to light and it's cool. It's a cool field, not just in medicine, but like in technology, you know, we have like AI coming out that's just going to change the world. And, uh, and there's a lot of our lifetime is every lifetime is, is the craziest because it's like this exponential thing where until now, every new generation, it's been the craziest until now. And so like, you know, we're, we're at that point again, where it's just like, it's just getting so crazy. And uh, in the next like 80 years, it's going to be, uh, 
it's going to be a different world uh, when, uh, you know, we're our parents' age. It's going to be like, like a completely, um, you know, different world. There's going to be so much that we are going to know. And, um, you know, it's just, it's exciting to say the least. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, it's already a massively different world. Just one. I'm, I'm sure you and I can recollect as kids, like just how different it was. We didn't have the internet. Like j- there's just one massive variable, you know, you pull out of the equation. Like, you know, I didn't have, I didn't, uh, I remember having like dial up or DSL like at school when I was like in fourth or fifth grade, you know, I was like nine or 10 years old and it was just like, holy shit, we can play this candy stand miniature golf. Yeah, no, I I remember my first phone was in middle school, maybe sixth grade, but I had that phone with Snake, and I would take that little Snake, and I would make sure it would be going in like a loop-de-loop path, getting every single little thing to eat, and growing my Snake, and like, you know, if you're not, (laughs) if you're not about 30 years old, you probably won't even remember that game, but, uh. It's amazing the amazement we had just with that game, and that we're still amazed by it, like, if I had that game, I'd play it. I'd be playing it, I'd be playing it. I'd be playing it. Classics, they never die. I, I'm I'm a little scared that snake might be on my phone because I I do a decent job of like never downloading any games on my phone, so I can't spend any more time on my phone than I already do on like social yeah. media for myself or clients. So it's like, ooh, I can't put any games on there. But you know, j- j- just that we've been able to see where it's come. You know, our generation wasn't, you know, born with the internet. You know, we we grew up with it. We're kind of like the first generation to to kind of be like the the managers or the arbiters of the internet and you know dictate you know where it goes how things get seen how things get distributed what what is good what is bad what can be seen what shouldn't be seen so you know we it is a it's we're we're fortunate you know again to i think you know you have you really have no say where you're going to be born on the map you know you got i think uh, we're so fortunate to have been born just in between these imaginary lines on the map of the world and to be born to the people we were born to, you know, to, to have such, you know, amazing circumstances because, you know, if you get to travel outside of the world, outside of the U S excuse me, outside the world, um, and, and see it all, like, it's just like, Whoa, we, uh, we are pretty, we're pretty fucking lucky to be born in today's day and age with something like the internet and to have been born in America. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's going to be interesting where it goes. I know you said something about AI. I think the nanobots, that those things scare me the most. Those things that just constantly evolve and trying to to mutate and change everything like immediately as quickly as possible until they like overtake everything and like some of these like experiments. Like it's like oh my god, we we can't make these yeah. things. Or if we make these things, yeah. we're going to be fucked. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, humans humans have a tendency to just do it and not think of the repercu- the repercussions of it and. uh so we end up having to deal with, uh, you know, them later on. We just, um, we have this innate desire to innovate. And, you know, that's why, you know, humans have, have done what they've done. And, uh, you know, on a collective scale, I mean, there's, and there's just so many of us and we all have, um, I think we all have this innate desire, you know, to, to, in, to innovate and, and do, the, you know, these things to, to help yourself, but also to help other people and, you know, it's it's almost like sky's the limit. You know, with like what Elon Musk is doing with sending these private rockets into space, and they they're reusable. And you know, he wants to create this colony on Mars. I think he'll be able to do it. Like, it's just like when you have these people that set their minds to to certain things. I mean, it's just like crazy. And you know, we're gonna be an you know an, an inter um, planetary species, like potentially by the end of our lifetimes. And 
And it's just, you know, it's like, you know, it's amazing. Like this one species, what they have been able to, to do. Um, and, uh, what kind of separates us from the rest of the, uh, the animals, because I'm a, you know, love animals and, you know, we obviously, we came from them, but like, there's one difference, you know, we have all this, we have animals have this, uh, this reality, like, uh, it's almost like an objective reality of rivers and rocks and things. They have this subjective reality. Uh, where it's my own personal feelings and, you know, animals, of course, have all these feelings that we do as well. But there's one thing that humans have, and it's this intersubjective reality, which they're able to work together and believe the same things. So thousands of them, millions of them, billions of them are able to believe in the same exact stories, whether it's religion, uh, which might be dying down a little bit now, that story. Um, but it's, you know, we still have the, the stories of money, which is, um, it's a make believe thing. If you try to tell a, an animal like about corporations, they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna understand corporations because it's, uh, this intersubjective r- reality that we kind of made up, you know, by lawyers and all these other things, they kind of made it up. It's not reality. It's only real in this like intersubjective kind of story that we all tell each other. And, and this, and this kind of make believe world that we created, that's, that's not really rocks and rivers and, and earth. It's this make believe, um, thing, you know, that we, that we kind of just made up. And that's like really the difference. And it's kind of what's been, um, like what's propelled humans forward. It's, it's what's enabled us to work together on the scale of, of billions of people. Cause we all believe in these same kind of make believe things like money is a total make believe thing. And that's really, um, the main one now, but there's, um, you know, there's, there's still others. It's just the stories that we, that we tell each other and that we, you know, wake up believing, you know, that, and animals can't do that. So they're kind of, you know, they can maybe hunt in, in groups of four to six or something. They can work together in a, in a few. Yeah. we we created these like stories that uh, enable us to work together in the scale of billions. So, you know, it's not just you, it's billions of um, people that are kind of working together on the same things or on similar things that is enabled us to really do what we've, um, what we've done and you know it's going to be even it's going to continue you know with the with the innovation i think that like you said the innovation it, it comes with like how you know let's oh, oh, let's use an example like bugs do it on a pretty massive scale you know we think about ants you know living in a colony of a billions or trillions they can make it happen but you know the part where you scale up from there is like i think awareness of consciousness because I, I think that is the thing that gives us that ability is that we are aware of our consciousness and we are a little less reliant on other species and more reliant on ourselves. Um, or at least, you know, we, we aren't that knowingly <laughs> um, reliant on any other species that are around us. I think people who do research uh, and understanding of different things do that. But um, the fact that we can bind all these things and that, that just makes me think more and more, you know, you know, when you see video games or uh, virtual reality or augmented reality, it's just like it's taking that, you know, that that level of make believe that we we all like you said, that story that we all buy into. Like, hey, if we want to do this, we all need to believe in this thing in a certain monetary paper and it's going to cost X amount of dollars. We're going to have someone make sure that they're going to make sure it's only it's always going to cost this much or even if it is, something's going to balance it out. And this is how we're going to exchange goods. And then when you play video games, you know, or you just like, you know, start creating, you know, and, you know, started with like the Sims and you play any kind of game where, you know, you're, you're augmenting a virtual world. It's like, oh my God, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing this inside reality itself. So it's, it's, it's a whole, 
whole nother level, next level. So I, I don't want the robots doing it because then I'm going to be, when the robots can do it in our own reality that we, you know, we can visually touch in the, in the three, four D space, we're in trouble. See, I don't trust yeah, them. I, I don't trust them. Well, what I hope is that the robots, if they ever do um, become more intelligent and are able to take over, I mean, I, I hope that they don't uh, learn how to treat their inferiors like the way that we treat our inferiors, you know, like our, our like the animals that, you know, inhabit the planet. I, I hope they don't learn that from us because then we're really in trouble. Um, I'm hoping they're more kind of, uh, you know, altruistic when it comes to inferior species. Like that's honestly a, a big uh, concern of mine. If they do learn that from us, then it's going to be ugly for us. Yeah, how, how amazing is that? We're, we're over here trying to make sure they're going to be better versions of us because in the end we have, you know, so many of our own flaws as a species itself. You know, we, we're still trying to get around just uh, not looking at people or we talk about different melanins in their skin. Um, you know, it's, it's not the level it ever was or used to be, but, you know, we still have some kind of uh, certain people. I mean, I don't even think it's just certain people. I think we all have, you know, different fears of people who just don't look like us. There, you know, is a certain little biological tendencies, you know, that you have, you know, those fight or flight moments, like, well, I don't know who this person is. And if they don't look like me, I can't trust them. You know, that's going back, you know, billions and billions of years that's inherited into our DNA. So, you know, I, I, we have uh, as, as great as, you know, the technology to travel, to educate people, to learn about other things. I think it's still going to take, you know, you know, you see like what, like, uh, I think we were talking about this today. You know, you see these, you know, grandiose reactionary steps, you know, by people. I forgot what we were talking about earlier, but, you know, that, okay, today is the day that now we're going to get rid of the Aunt Jemima brand and the Uncle Ben's brand. And, you know, we try to just immediately do something like that's going to fix it. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is going to take time. I know we live in a world that we can, you know, shape and shift the world around us like faster and quicker than we ever has the species. But, you know, to get people to change their thought, you know, you said to agree to the same thing that, hey, this is what we, how we want to treat people. This is how we should treat people. That That's still going to take a long step, you know, so people trying to react and say, okay, we took care of the brand. Like, no, 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 no. no. Removing the Aunt Jemima thing is great. Removing these statues that like literally you know, trigger people and traumatize them because there's some, you know, past historical like significance to them. That's a good step, but you're not going to all of a sudden just cure and heal pain that people have or ways that people think about other people. Like it's going to take a while for that. Yeah. We got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's progress. Nothing happens overnight. Um, I mean Martin Luther King knew that. Everybody you know everybody knew that. It's a it's a slow progress. Um, if you just look from I mean from 30 years ago, 40 years ago, like our parents. Um, I remember my dad was uh, telling me like a story when he was a young kid on Miami beach, uh, one of his friends was a, a, a black kid and they went to the movie theater. They didn't let him in the movie theater because he was, because he was black. And you know, my grandpa, like he like, you know, cussed them out. Like what, like, what, like, are you, what are you, are you kidding me? Like that's the world that they used to live in was that like, it was okay. It was like acceptable to be like, you know, openly racist. And like, you look at the world we're, we're in now, it's like, it's a fraction of that. I mean, it's, I think it's progress. I know maybe it doesn't seem that way. If you watch the news, it seems like a lot of hate, but I mean, when you compare it, like 50 years is nothing, 40 years is nothing. So like when you see how far we've come, I mean, I don't freak out that there's like a couple people that are bad people. There's a couple people that hate Jews. There's a couple people that hate everybody because you, you said, 
there, we have these um, things built, built into our DNA, like self versus other. Okay. They're not, they're not, you know, they're not me. I, I automatically think there's some kind of danger. There's something bad about them. I mean, that's something, something built into our DNA. Um, it seems like that causes us to believe those type of things, but I think it's just becoming like so much less and less and less. I mean, you know, racism is still obviously a thing, in, you know, with some people, but like when you compare it to 40 years ago, I mean, it's not even like a, a like a, a small fraction. It's almost, it's almost insignificant when you really think about like, you know, the segregation that was happening 40 years ago. I mean, 40 years, again, this is your parents' generation and it's n not even remotely similar as, as it is today. So you know, I look at it, I say, you know, things happen and it's a shame that they still do. But, but when you compare it to 40 years ago, which is nothing, I mean, it's like, it's like a miracle. We just had a black president. So, you know, I don't see, I don't see our world, um, inherently racist. I, I see, a, I see us improving. We you know, why do you need to be, it's like yourself. Like, do you hate yourself because you're not perfect? No. As long as you're improving day to day, you should be happy with yourself, the progress that you're making. You know, you shouldn't just, uh, you, sh you shouldn't hate yourself because you're not perfect now. You know, you, it's good to have room to grow. You're, we're, we're always going to have room to grow. So I think it's amazing, you know, this, the progress that we've made when it comes to racism and when it comes to, like, you know, hating people uh, because of the color of their, of their skin or the things that they believe, you know, still happens. But I think it's getting a lot better. And so that's why I'm happy about that. Oh, it totally is. You know, that's the uh, unfortunate part. You know, I mean, because we can shape and shift our realities, we want change to happen now and we expect you know, people to mold and adapt and evolve like the technology. We want people to change like cell phones. <laughs> and Yeah, you know, just update, or, you know, just like, can we just download like well, a non-racist update? It's like you think, about, you think about like the cells in your body or like, you know, viruses that go through, you know, 500 generations, like maybe like in a week, some of them can evolve, you know, that quickly and that fast. And it's like, yeah, people don't do that that fast. And humans you know, are slow to change. Yeah, you know, I mean. it's as much as, and that just plays into like, you know, again, we want to be perfect now and we want to be perfect now, except, you know, we don't have, you know, changing people's minds and the way they think and the things they believe in is like, has always been the hardest thing. And, and it's also been the thing that's been able to, you know, help people like claim power over other people if you can control the way you know, they think, and if you can have people think in fear, then that's going to be like the greatest, the greatest tool to hold over them. So, you know, it's like the funniest thing you think about like Fox news and, you know, it, it, it's, they just like play the same themes on that show all the time. I remember when Obama was president, they were like the Muslim caliphate is coming to America and they are going to just take over America. And it was Glenn Beck specifically. And I'm like, like, Oh my God. And then like now, they're doing the same thing with like this Central American caravan. Like there's a Central American caravan is going to be coming to America and it's just going to sweep and take over America. And I'm just like, you know, I'm hearing like conservative relatives I have and I'm like, I, I have to call them all the time because of their crazy thoughts. And I'm like, guys, the caravan's not here yet. Like it's safe here. My sister and I live here. There, there There's no horde coming that's you know gonna start raping and killing everybody like that, that well, they're here happen. for a good they're here for a good life but it's interesting the caravan that, that happened that started like a year ago and when i was in san diego i crossed the border into tijuana and when i crossed the border with with one of with one of my uh with one of my buddies he uh we got there you couldn't even see the floor because of all of these uh 
families that were actually marching up from Central America. And, you know, they're not bad people that are, you know, going to, you know, they're, they're trying to make a better life for themselves. So, yeah, they do get they do cross over. And that's why by the time we're like a little older, I mean, America is going to be, you know, 50 percent Hispanic. And I I mean, I'm learning Spanish. I love the I love the culture. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's an inevitable thing because uh, these are people that are close enough. They want a better life for themselves. And, you know, people are like, oh, they're going to take our job. Well, maybe you uh, need to like, you know, re reinvent yourselves. You know, y you have a bigger chance of the AI taking your job in the next 20 years than you do over the caravan. So, you know, I think it's, you know, something it's just you need to self-improve and be ready for whatever changes um, are going to come come your way. But don't be scared of different people. These people are just trying to like better themselves. And, and yeah, there is a caravan. And I saw them in my own eyes. And they, you know, people want to like cross the border and uh, make a better life for themselves. And I think they have every right to do it. Um, try to do it, you know, legally, of course. And, um, you know, I don't know, you know, my, I like the, I like the Hispanic culture. And that's why I've been trying to like, you know, uh, you know, learn Spanish. And um, I plan on moving back to Miami, uh, hopefully when I'm done with residency, just because I like various cultures, you know, there's a lot to learn from. And, but yeah, that, I mean, I think it is happening. Yeah, they're, they're come, I mean, that's why the majority of the United States, number number one country uh, in the world with the most um, Spanish speaking population is Mexico. Number two is America. The United States of America, a white country, I mean, an English speaking country has the second most, um, Spanish speakers out of any country, more than Spain, any country in South America. So it's significant and it's, it's getting, it's going to be more so uh, in, in the future, most likely, no matter who's president. No, I mean, I mean, I think it's, um, we, you know, we're a country of immigrants. I mean, I don't know when your family came here, but you know, my family and my mom's side came here in the middle of World War II and the Holocaust. Um, yeah, my dad's family probably came in the 1910s, 1920s, you know, so, um, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're all immigrants in a way. And, um, there is a, yeah, you know, there, there, there's no reason to fear these things. And it, it's, it, the weird part about it is, and it's like, um, I think it's a, uh, you know, deeper question to ask, you know, our country, you know, as, as people and technology, you know, um, are, we're forced to grow. I think there's definitely, um, you know, different jobs on the lower scale of, you know, the job spectrum that people could always have. It's, you know, it's, it's like this weird socio, um, evolutionary topic. Like, you know, because people don't have the skills or the tools or the traits, you know, you tried to say it like, Hey, you know, you got to constantly better yourself, you know, but like, well, what do we do with those people? I mean, we live in a free country. Like, so do we just tell those people like, Hey, you can't keep up. You don't have the skills to have a job. We're not going to support you. We're not going to help you. I mean, again, that's where like, you know, different social social programs like welfare exist. But, you know, it, it, it's a bigger testament, I'd say, to our country is that, you know, again, that just goes back to the education, education level of, and the education skills that we provide the youth of our country. I mean, our, our school system is so fucked. I mean, it's funny, like, you know, we're, we're talking about defunding the police and trying to reroute money away from police departments because of the, yeah. you know, the militarization and the weapons we have. That's a whole nother topic. We'll just keep that one there. But, you know, we've been slashing budgets for teachers and, you know, the, the skills and the tools and the technology we want to provide like kids in classrooms. It's like, yeah, wh why have we not been spending, you know, billions of dollars in education? Yeah. And it's not even spending billions. It's, I mean, we should defund education and, and start a new type of education because what we're doing, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, 
it's, if you want to put more money in the same stuff we're doing, it's a waste of money because we have the same type of education system we've had, you know, uh, 50, 100 years ago. The world is so different. Like you have access to anything on at your fingertips. So you, there's, there needs to be a new education system altogether, maybe more research to see what that the best way to educate kids is. But, you know, in the past, it was always where you, these towns, like they didn't have access to, uh, to, to any kind of education. They maybe had like a, a library. Right. So so if, if governments wanted to, to control you, they controlled what you the information you got because you just didn't have any access. Now it's the opposite. Now we're just flooded with information. So say, for example, if governments, they want to like keep you dumbed down. Well, now they have to flood you with even more BS information or fake news, if you were. So we, we're, we're flooded with information that we don't even know what to do with because we're so overwhelmed. And that's kind of how governments maintain their power. So like there's 99% of what you even hear is just complete, you know, fake news, you know, for to use Donald Trump's term, but it's actually true. So you have the truth out there. It's just, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's just, just drowned, uh, you know, or flooded in the sea of uh, nonsense that you just kind of have to sort through. So what schools should do, it's not give you more of this keep useless talking. information. I'm going to the bathroom. So what, what, what schools should do, uh, they shouldn't just give you more of, of this useless information. Um, and, and honestly, it is pretty useless. And, and unless you want to be like a teacher or something, you have to learn some of this stuff. Um, but what the point of schools, I think, in the future should be it is just to, to actually give kids that focus that uh, you need in order to sort through all this uh, information information um, that we, we just get on, on a daily basis. So um, anyways, in the, that kind of topic is, um, I don't know, it's something that we should be talking in. Um, politics about, but I'm not. I'm not political. I mean, it's just um, kind of just. I think everybody knows that there's something kind of wrong with the uh, educational system, uh, and you know you have to go. Not even just elementary and middle and high school. I mean, elementary school is kind of like the last school that really matters, and then you get like middle and high school. Like you don't really learn anything in middle school and high school, so you have just this wasted decade. And, and, you know, they meet people, they learn how to socialize. And so that's, that's all good. Um, but really like, what did you learn in middle school or high school that you're using today? I mean, honestly, like nothing. I mean, I'll answer that question for myself. I didn't learn anything in my, uh, literature classes, in my calculus classes or algebra. It's just like, you know, you just don't need to know that. So it's more wasted information that you just didn't need. Schools should be for first of all, finding your passion. And, you know, a lot of people don't know what their passion is when they're, when they're young. But finding their passion, developing their creativity, and and giving them this focus, you know, uh, just working on the ability to focus, which is just getting harder and harder and harder to do, and you have more and more information. So giving you this focus to sort through all this information that's just at our fingertips, and, and, and to develop your passion in order to use all this information to better yourself and to better society. What's being taught in school now, uh, just pointless, and uh, it's a way, you know, a way, literally a waste of time. You're teaching the kids to be employees, and uh, you know, to you're teaching them history how we want them to learn it, and you know, it's just very manipulative, uh, and, you know, and they just get in at a very young age. So a lot of things that can be changed when it comes to the education system. Um, I'm going to go to the bathroom as well, so go ahead and you can pick up where I left off. I'll be back in one second. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what happens with these, mar- with these marathon shows. You just got to take these bathroom breaks, man. With, with these Marys, but uh, I'll be as quick as you are, so just give me a second. <laughs> no, 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 go ahead. Um, you know, I totally agree in terms of the education system. I'm a little less conspiratorial 
than you, Jeff. Uh, you know, I don't think that it's a conspiracy to, you know, keep people dumb. I think it's just, you know, greed. It's la- It's being lazy. And, you know, you know, the fact that you would have to commit time and money to, um, you know, a, a bulk, a majority of people in our country in order to improve not just their lives, but the country itself. Um, I think we have like this ruling class in our country, you know, as much as we, you know, we you know, started off as democracy, um, you know, we, we kind of had a class system because we did have slavery. Um, and I don't think that, you know, we've gotten away from that. And I think, you know, the reason why we're seeing everything that's happened today is that we have this massive bubble and we have, you know, we see all these riots and these protests happening. This is, you know, as much of a, uh, you know, a problem, a systemic racism problem as it is like a socioeconomic class warfare problem. You know, it's not just black people that are out there in the streets that are angry. You know, there's white people, there's Spanish people, there's different brown people that are, you know, they're upset. You know, the, the education system doesn't work for them. The, the, you know, what they learn in middle school and high school doesn't contribute. And, you know, you think about people that even have college educations now. You know, if you didn't go to school and get the college education that you got, I mean, what were you even going to college? So, for? so that's the thing. Like, there's a few professions that need it. Like, for doctors and and lawyers, like, there's specific professions that do need a lot of schooling, no doubt. But even no, in no, college, no, no. I mean, you you weren't you weren't here. But I'm I'm totally agreeing with what you're saying. Because, like, again, why aren't we? If you want to go into this medical profession. Why aren't you even starting at a younger age and starting? In well, special- in other countries do like I have a friend uh, who's a doctor uh, in New Zealand and they don't have to do all these um, basic science classes that we do. So in America, you have to go through four years of undergrad and you don't even have to major in science. I didn't. I majored in economics and you do have to take these prerequisites. So, I mean, all this stuff I learned, you know, I, I didn't learn. You don't learn much in economics. And most of these people that graduate with these, uh, I don't even know, majors in Art history, for example. I mean, it's whoa, interesting. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It doesn't help I you. A, I was a history major. It's paid off. You for know, me. it's paid off for you. Okay, you're using it. You know, so some people, but <laughs> I'd say for 90 plus percent of the population, they don't use their art history major uh, in their in their careers. So I think uh, you know, and there's an argument like they could say, well, it makes you more well well rounded. And I can't disagree. But no, no, uh, you no, I do disagree. I think we could be way more well rounded doing way more experiential things in our youth. You know, I'm a big advocate for, you know, even young men in like team sports. Like, I don't think we do enough of it. I even think we've closed off like different accessibility for, you know, people who can't afford to go pay a thousand dollars for like a, a team league, you know, or a recreational league for kids. But I, it's so, it's so important. I mean, not even just for boys, young men, but even young women to, you know, to be integrated and be a part of that. And be forced to be put in, you know, tough, critical thinking situations in the physical realm, you know, using your body, your mind. These are like really important things. You know, you even think like we don't even, we stop having recess and like physical activity for children. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. But in those situations, you're a doer, you're thinking, but in how school is now, you're not a thinker. You are a memorizer. You're, you're, you're like a lonely island. You're not allowed to collaborate with your peers you, you know you can't copy you can't cheat you know you can't so it, it's like you're supposed you're 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 just supposed to memorize these facts that they want you to memorize and they give you an a a b a c or d or an f 
it, it doesn't correlate to how well you're going to do uh, in the in the real world at all. But there are these professions where you need to memorize a lot of these facts. Doctors is one of them, and I was always a good student, so I was like, okay, I like I like science and I like medicine, so like why not why not do this? I'm really happy I did. There are some fields where that's important, but it's less than one percent of the fields out there. So for the ninety nine percent. Should we be teaching the same way to 100% of the people as, as if it's only going to benefit 1%? It needs to be more individualized uh, in like what this, what's going to benefit this um, student. I think like the, the thing with recess actually is a great way. I think they were doing something like that in uh, one of these Asian countries, like maybe it was, I don't know, Japan or something where, where they had like recess um, the majority of the time and they fostered this creativity and, and all these other things. And I think that's kind of what uh, needs to happen. But like just having a student sit in class, listen, you know, that's why we have like so much ADHD. I can't even sit, I can't do it. I'm supposed to be this, uh, you know, I'm a, you know, a doctor. I'm supposed to be this ideal student. I can't even sit and listen to somebody talk for, to me for more than an hour. I can't do it. And if we're you doing it do here. It, power to you. We're doing it uh, here. Hopefully they're, Hopefully they're doing it. Yeah, they're doing they're doing it here. But we're actually talking about some interesting stuff, and what they what they <laughs> teach in school is is really not interesting. It is not going to grab my attention. I mean, this stuff would. I mean, I listen I listen to your podcast. I listen to Joe Rogan. I listen to other podcasts, and um, I listen uh, to this uh, guy called uh, Noah um, Har Harari. Um, uh, he he wrote a couple of books yeah, called yeah, yeah. Sapiens. Sapiens. Yeah, great. Sapiens great book. And, and, and also uh, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century uh, and Homo Deus. Um, amazing, amazing books. It's just so um, thought-provoking. So there's um, there's a lot of amazing information out there by some amazing people. But uh, to just listen to this stuff that they make you listen to, whether it be, I mean, it doesn't even matter. It's, it's, it's like all, it's, it's a big waste of time and potential, I think, you know, in, in the school system in middle school and high school and most of the times in college. But here's where we differ. Like, I don't, I don't think that it's the government doing this on purpose. I think that, well, maybe their intention, we have different ideas of where the intentions is. I, I just think that, you know, and I was saying this when you were in the bathroom, so I don't know if you could hear me because the microphone was still in, but you know, we, we have a ruling class in this, in this country, you know, government yeah. and people who are in government, you know, they kind of just circulate through, the government into big business and like, you know, even think about Obama, like a lot of people don't know this, but he's consulting for a Chinese security company and he sits on the board and he's a former U.S. president sitting on a major Chinese security company. And again, this isn't just exclusive to Democrats. This is Democrats and Republicans. You know, they just get washed back into, you know, working at the heads of Verizon or at the head of uh, the CEO of Amazon. It's like, maybe not CEO, but I forgot one of the guys who used to work for Obama in his, uh, his um, cabinet who's overworking at Amazon now. And it's like, you know, you think about how great this invention, the constitution, you know, our democracy and Republic that's been branched out to the rest of the world. And, you know, we have so many people in power who say government is bad. Government doesn't work. And it's like, well, how, how come you guys work in government? How come you guys use government to make your lives better? But you tell the majority of us, that this system that was created that we should be, you know, we should prize, you know, it's like people protesting right now. It's an amazing thing. It's terrible because, you know, they're running around and they're not, and they're getting mad at conservatives for protesting, but now they're protesting, you know, for, you know, I think a more important reason, but, um, it, it's still, you know, it's the right to assembly, which is in the, you know, 
I think is in the First Amendment, the right to freedom. Right, freedom the assemble. right to peacefully assemble is in the First Amendment, but it does say peacefully assemble. I so think, if it's I not think peaceful, for the most part, it's not in the amendment. I think for the, the first, first part, first part, they're peacefully assembling. Uh, I have Bill Barr has not indicted anybody from Antifa, you know, who people are alleging is running around causing all this destruction. I think people are causing the destruction. I don't know if, I don't think if Bill Barr hasn't indicted anybody and committed any charges, the fact that the DEA is now being commissioned by Bill Barr to go out and use, to spy, um, on protesters. So they're like flying out even more planes and like using even more cams to track people. Like they would have arrested somebody. All right. People are out there doing this stuff. I think Antifa is just like a scapegoat. I don't think they're as organized as people say they are. They definitely exist and they're out there causing trouble probably in the Pacific Northwest in Oregon and Seattle, but you know, around the rest of the country, that that's, that definitely not the issue, but we got away from the point is that they're just being lazy. They're being greedy and they don't want to spend the money that these taxpayers in our country have in order to do, you know, the great things that we can do for education for people in our country. Because, like, I don't think the teachers fucking enjoy the jobs they have and the things they have to do for people. And it's, it's a shitty paying job where they have to sit under these white fluorescent bright lights and you have a bunch of horny, you know, teenagers who are told, like, to sit in this chair. Their hormones are bouncing off the wall. They just want to run around and just experience life and they're just told in the most exciting years of their lives, like, stay sitting don't move a muscle, shut the fuck up and listen to me. And then they're also have terrible diets. They're hopped up on sugar or they're eating shit or they're drinking energy drinks. <laughs> and it's like the worst possible environment that we're, it, it's really prison that we're keeping our kids in, especially our teenagers and young adults in this country. I, I, I think it's just disgusting. Yeah. We're on the same page for the most part. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what are you, you going to do? You know, change, like I said, change happens slow. I hope we can change because, like I said, it's going to be a different world in 40 years, and it's already a different world. So we should have changed. We haven't yet. I hope change is to come in the education system. I'm just like, it hasn't happened yet, so it's like I'm skeptical. Like, it, I think it is a, a, a thing where it is a government, um, kind of like this this elite that you were talking about, like this ruling class. Like, you know, I think maybe they, they don't want what's truly best for the individual but i think it's more of more of like a money and greed thing like you know the idea of control that's that's a pretty large like um a large assumption but you know i'm right there with you like hey well if we can just keep all this money and we don't want to help people and we can just blame this party versus this party yeah well yeah we can we can totally do that it's like i think nancy pelosi today came out and was like Oh God! Like fighting against Facebook and Facebook ads, but then she spent a hundred thousand dollars that same day on different ads for herself, and it, it just like it's just they, so hypocritical. I they, can't even I can't even deal with these people. I mean, they, it's, they, it's just like they say one thing, they do another, and it's just like yeah, and we keep listening to them. Yeah, I mean, we, we I mean, most people know they're they're full of shit, but I mean, everybody but. knows they're full of shit. They 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 really can't get away with it. The problem is, you know, like you know, like what we're experiencing right now. There's enough education out there. People can see through their bullshit. The problem is that they've dug in the trenches for, you know, anybody to go in and not just vote them out, but to ch- like change policy. Like they've entrenched themselves so deep in the system. It's like, oh, you guys want to, you want to protest now? Oh, you want to do this now? You want to assemble? You w- kind of want to fight back? Well, good luck. 
there, there's still there's still a chance you can go through the whole entire process and do it, but it's fucking gonna be hard because they, they've they've dug their trenches in so deep. Well, I think that doesn't it seem like that these uh, elites almost they they're for the protests, like pretty uh, you know across the board. I mean, you know, Mitt Romney's out there protesting. I mean, I know the Michigan governor. I'm here in Michigan. Uh, what's her name? Whitmer. She's, you know, her exact Maggie words were. Maggie Whitmer. I don't even know her first name. Gretchen. But it could be Gretchen, Maggie. maybe. Yeah. Gretchen. I think it's Gretchen. Yeah, that sounds more like it. Um, she was saying uh, word for word was uh, the protests. And, and, and I'm downtown right now. I mean, I can show you guys where I'm at. There's some uh, right right now. There's no protests going on, uh, but almost like uh, daily, there's there's you know huge protests because I'm downtown Detroit. You know, we're and we're super into this. And so she was saying the protests will continue and they should continue. I mean, it just seems like they're for the protests. So it's not like they don't want us to do it. Like they're kind of on board with it. I mean, across, across the board almost. I mean, there's and that's why the, the police haven't really done. I mean, I don't know. There's some pepper spray and there's, you know, like when it gets too out of hand. But for the most part, they're not shutting down that autonomous zone. You know, they've been letting the people do what they want. Right. It doesn't seem that way because it does to me. Well, well, why, why here's my, you know, rebuttal question to you. Why should they not want people to protest if that's one of our, you know, very exclusive rights? Because we are in the middle of a pandemic was, is one obvious reason why they wouldn't want us to assemble at all. Even if it's peaceful, they, they don't want us to assemble for any reason, you know, and, and I know that this is for a, a just cause. Uh, I think we can agree um, equality and, uh, to, you know, the, the abolishment of any form of systemic racism, whatever that means, because I'm not sure what, what that means to, to you, because um, I really don't know what that means to me. But to, it, it seems like it's a just cause, um, but it doesn't matter because we're in the middle of a pandemic. So there should be, um, there should, there should not, it shouldn't be so um, supported by all of these um, uh, leaders in government when um, it's clear it has side effects. You know, we've been closing down the entire economy for two, three months. Uh, people are out of work, um, not able to feed their kids. Um, so you think that they would they would say, let's can we wait, you know, till the pandemic ends, like your protest, like in another way? I mean, so it's weird that they are so on board with it. It, it just considering the, the political, just considering the, the, the environment that we're in with the, with the coronavirus, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, a worldwide pandemic. We're getting worldwide protests. You know, it's just a weird timing for it, you know, kind of a weird time. This isn't the first time that anyone's been killed by the cops. So it's just weird that it's happening in the middle of a pandemic. This is this is not the first time. It's not the last time it's going to happen either. So weird timing, weird timing for everyone to be in support of it also, just because like it's going to spread the coronavirus. No doubt about that. I mean, whenever you have thousands of people meeting, you know, you have one person that is sick. They're going to sneeze. We know how this works. Virus spreads. Um, people are going to get sick. I mean, it seems like it's a weird time for this to be supported by everybody. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, you know, it, it, it again, it comes down to, you know, just the hypocrisy of government itself. You know, I don't think that there's really a difference between the Democrat and Republican Party. Um, you know, they're like the pull on different, you know, threads, so to say. Like, oh, hey, why are Democrats now telling people to go out and protest, but they weren't, they weren't telling conservatives to go out and protest, you know, at the, you know, like just two to four weeks ago in the pandemic. And at the same time, you know, there's the massive hypocrisy right there that 
conservatives are storming. I think it was even Michigan State House in Lansing yeah, with was, machine yeah, guns. Exactly. You know, a, a, a black kid. You know, the Tamir Rice story in um, I forgot where. I don't know if it was Cleveland or in Cincinnati. He's playing with a toy gun. I think it was like a seven to it might have been twelve to fifteen year old kid, and the cops just came by because they heard a report of some kid playing the gun and they shot him. And it's like, you know, it, it, I, I think like that example right there is just like the massive hypocrisy that where we can look at things and say, oh shit, like, you know. And so you just have to be a critical thinker in, the, in today's day and age because there's so much hypocrisy and you know there's so much. Um, you know, it's so divided and like, it's like well, what well, you like, said, well, like, like, they're really the same. I was going to say, it's just like, they're really, I agree with you in that the left and the right, they're actually not so different, even though you'd think that they're the two ends of the spectrum, they're two ends of the spectrum that were kind of created, uh, to kind of, to make a spectrum. There's really other ways of thinking and you don't have, you know, if you fit perfectly into either one of those boxes, you're, you're by definition, not a critical thinker. You're someone who, uh, believes what someone else uh, put for you to think so um, and you know it's fine if you if you have you know if you have more right views but like if, if you're a diehard liberal diehard conservative uh, left versus right you know you're, you're really not a critical thinker because there's more going on and it's interesting because now lefts and rights like they're agreeing uh, they want Trump out you know Bush and Romney and everyone like everyone's in agreement Trump out and it's it's clear that Trump is actually an outsider in, when you're looking at this box that they this this rectangle where half the rectangle is left, half the rectangle is right, Trump's outside of the box, which is just interesting because there's so few presidents that have been outside the box. Mm -hmm. And now, once you're outside the box, now the the left and the right agree. Let's let's like let's get this guy out of power. So it's it's interesting. You know, but, I think. but he 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 ran as an outsider, and like that's the thing that really fasc that yeah. fascinated you know people to go out and you know that he won the electoral college. However, you know, he hasn't really done anything to differentiate from that box now that he's in it and he's in the box. Because and, and he, like you said, he's one guy. I mean, he's one guy and this is so, there's so many people involved well, he's just, in he's this. Just a con man, keeping dude. this like, he, he, like, do you, do you know the history of this guy? Like he's never really had a successful business. He's con people out of money. I mean, his, his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, I don't know how that guy is running you know, all these different task force in our government right now. It's fucking scary. Like when, when you understand like this guy's history in business and, you know, I'm, I'm totally against not just, just because you're good in business doesn't mean you're going to be good in everything else. Just because I can dribble a basketball doesn't mean I'm going to be good at every sport, but like we're kind of brainwashed in this country or like we just, no one said brainwashed. We assume, oh, wow, you've run a good business. You should be good at running government. And what we know is government's a lot harder to run and there's a lot more moving pieces, a lot more asses to kiss than running a company that you own. It, it, it's not the same thing. You know, we see that with Mark Zuckerberg, like, hey, Mark Zuckerberg, I don't think we want you touching education and working on anything else in politics because you fucked all that up already. Like, just stick to this platform that you're like well, by siphoning all of our data and selling it and not letting anybody make money off it. Like, great for you to beat everybody in the market. You should make money off that now. But, you know, the fact that the government doesn't want to come in and say, hey, this is something that we know, like data is actually something that you and I are actually creating. And the fact that we don't have accessibility and money to go out and mine our data and then sell it individually to companies ourselves, we're kind of just being siphoned by this one company, Facebook, Instagram, 
and they're taking all this data and then reselling it to companies. Yeah, our I mean, our data for us. I mean, yeah. So it's like, why? So again, this is where like this monopoly and this manipulation of, hey, government's not good. We want smaller government, except I own 20,000 lobbyists in DC to make sure that policy gets passed and gets written for Facebook yeah, and it gets written you know, my yeah. way. You know, like Donald I Trump, agree, like, I mean, why is he making all these massive deals with Saudi Arabia, our biggest arms dealership? Why are they giving $300,000 contributions and buying up, you know, the Trump Hotel in D.C.? Like, he's doing things that just never have happened or shouldn't have happened for a president. You sell your businesses, you get completely out of the mix, and he's not doing that, you know? He, he, he got into the box. He was an outsider. I totally agree. But now he's just manipulating the box so well that he's fucking just raping this country in terms of, you know, using it and leveraging it to enrich himself, you know? I, I mean, what, no, I, mean what, I don't think he's done anything to benefit people. I don't think he's getting rich. I don't think he's getting rich on being president. And I mean, I don't necessarily you think know he's completely motive. undetached from his business, even though the people who run his business are his daughter, his son-in-law, his sons who are working very closely with the White House. You think that this guy who's gotten in so much trouble, who's got, you know, multiple different lawsuits and settlements like with 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 uh, with the Jeffrey Epstein himself about, you know. Uh, assaulting sexually minors and this guy is in the office <laughs> and this guy he's had a hundred lawsuits even since he's been in office like how many were successful like how many were actually successful or just bogus lawsuits that well a, a, a settlement doesn't prove anything that's you know the legal term of the law we're not saying that a settlement you're guilty you know because law. everyone's everyone's trying to sue everyone's like yeah donald trump like, you know he did this like anyways i don't know about his personal dealings all i know is like, would, if you I would, want change I, I, if you want them. change you're not gonna you're not gonna get any change with uh biden or hillary clinton or i totally Obama. agree like, i totally agree so like if you want and you're not gonna get change period i mean i'm sorry this is the world we live in like there's just two there's it's just been going the history of it you're not gonna get not going to get much change you can protest um that's more social but like that's not going to get real change i think that the fact that he's speaking about like the deep state he's actually speaking like i'm taking the hydroxychloroquine like he's going against like the big pharma he's going against and what the did deep you state. tell you know, me you're a doctor what did you tell me about hydro, hydro hydroxychloroquine what did you tell me i can't people i can't write prescriptions for that i don't know why everybody's doing that you it's know very very to quote you it's a very interesting drug a prescription drug i can't just well, describe that everybody everybody has unique effects to it and this guy is just running away with taking it and now we have no actual study or testing done well now. because i'm not just gonna i'm not just gonna write hydroxychloroquine i mean first of all if you know yeah i'm not just gonna i'm not just gonna write but like i'm a dermatologist who writes it all the time like for stuff like lupus uh dermatomyositis polymorphic light eruption we see a we see a bunch of things where this drug really does work it has a bunch of different mechanisms it increases the, the ph uh, in the lysosomes of the cells uh, it, it has a bunch of different mechanisms and uh, we see that it works well with zinc um, it's actually a zinc ionophore that lets the zinc get into the cell uh, and zinc we know has antiviral properties um, uh, for, as a dermatologist perspective people with warts uh, or molluscum, these these different viruses that get into the skin and um, uh, are actually pretty difficult to treat. We recommend taking like 40, 50 milligrams of zinc a day because we know it has these antiviral properties. And the hydroxychloroquine 
is this iono zinc ionophore, which helps it get into the cell and work to kill the viruses. So it's stuff that we do know uh, works. We know the, we understand the mechanism behind it. The side effects are overblown. I mean, I didn't want to write it because, I mean, I just don't want to write this drug for anybody, especially one I don't know for sure has corona. And I, we don't know for sure it works for corona. But there is some substantial, um, not substantial evidence, but a lot of um, doctors that have written their own personal experience that it really works. So there is, um, there's definitely something to say about hydroxychloroquine. Um, I'm just the, not what, are those, what are those findings? What are they called? Um, starts with an A. Um, certain findings. They're not like absolute, but they're uh, anecdotal, anecdotal. Anecdotal. Anecdotal evidence. Yeah. So anecdotal evidence. I mean, and again, like, you know, again, is this guy talking about like, and again, I don't think anybody denies jeff that there's a deep state that that again we're talking about this right now i think that a lot of people know that this is a sham this is a scam most news and media sources we talked about fox before i think cnn and msnbc are just as bad you know with not providing you know proper news and information on how people can better themselves how we can better the country not, and, it's not news at all i mean it's, it's, it's again, again but, it's... but why do you think it's so fascinating that just because donald trump is already talking about the things that majority Americans don't like, and he is now a part of this deep state, and he's completely enriched his friends and the people he's put into these major parts of government, you know, the $5 trillion of injection of liquidity into the stock market, when only, what, like, I think 2% of Americans actually own, buy, and trade, and sell stocks? Like, who is, which majority of Americans is that helping? What kind of $500 billion loan, uh, uh, what's it called? $500 billion of, you know, business loans that he's not coming out. And now him and Steve Mnuchin don't want to say who they gave the loans to, you know, it's all about accountability. So this guy who doesn't want to have any accountability, I mean, he sounds like he's a member of this deep state. Like what, why wouldn't he be? He's completely in charge of the nuclear weapons. He talks to the joint chiefs of staffs. Like, why do you think that what he does is so unique or so you know, because he's calling them out. Like he's calling out the news. But he's calling he works out the with them. Date. He works with them. He's calling them. He's, I mean, it's clear. To, it's clear that he's calling them out. That they don't like him. Why does everyone not like him? That is a part of the general politics. A part but, of the deep but state. I'm saying, part Jeff, of the news. No one likes they don't like either. him. No one likes he's them. He's not a part of. He's actually not a part of it. So that's yes, that's he what I'm is. He's the I, president of the greatest country in the world. He's yeah, technically the most the powerful person. The Pope. Well, we voted for him just because we voted him in doesn't make him a part of it. Like, but Jeff, he he's he's done the tax cuts. Voted him in. He he's done the immigration laws. He's enacted everything. He voted. He signed the piece of paper. Are you saying that none of that stuff that he signed and put into power and put into yeah, effect and I'm sure isn't real? Talk to him. I'm sure they talk to him in the beginning and they and they tell him what's the deal. Like this is what goes on with the military industrial complex with the CIA. I'm sure. I'm sure he gets a briefing and. To some extent, yeah, he doesn't want to, you know, doesn't want to cause a ruckus. I'm sure if he did, he wouldn't still be president. Okay? Why are you defending so, this guy, Jeff? You get, you have to defend your ideas in the scientific space every single day. Your theories, your hypotheses, your testing, your conclusions. Why are you defending this guy who goes through way less rigor than you go through? Why are you defending his babbling on stage? 
Well, what am I defending? I'm just saying he's a, he's an outsider. That's all I'm saying. But and he works I think in I, the government. He is the government now. Why are you defending the guy who? Well, everyone who's president. That's the, That's everyone who's president is president. So what's your point? Like that, people who are president. So that, he's that, a president. I, I mean, why, do, why are you? Why do you? Why defending him way different than you would defend Obama or George Bush? Those are people who you know worked in the government. They were in charge. They saw everything. They put in the policies. They did everything. They fucked people over. They fucked our country over. He's fucking our country over just as well. There is no difference. He's not an outsider. He ran as an outsider, but he no. is. He's there now. Like everything. So, anyways, I, I I don't like politics, and I and I never will. I mean, so if you have to tell me to if I'm going to vote for a Biden or a, I'm not a saying Trump, I'm like, not voting for Biden, know, dude. Right? I'm I'm not saying that. Like again, I, mean, I don't, so, I don't I mean, trust the two party system. Is, you know, yeah, yeah, it's a two party system, and you you lose either way. I mean, so I don't know. You know, I, I think we're on the same page. I'm just saying like that. There's nothing we could do about it, you know. I mean, yes, we there can, is. I mean, we got to fight. What? We got to change, dude. You got to change everything. You can't. You can't just be lazy. You, you can't, can't just change. be. A, yeah, we got to do something. We can't just sit on our couch like anomaly and complain about the news and then get a check from the news system every single day. You got to go out there and be a positive force for change and impact. You can't just sit there and say, "Oh, I hate Facebook." They're, you know, and Instagram and YouTube. They're censoring me, but I collect a check all the time from them by. Basically doing the same thing. Yeah, but like you know, just really a lot of what, the what, what is he doing? What is, what is he doing? What no, is he no, doing? I'm not saying not anomaly. I'm saying the average person they're really just complaining, and it's not doing them any good. It's not not doing anybody any good. You know, you have to first change yourself because these people have a million problems themselves, and they're trying to like point the finger. Oh, it's you're the problem. No, I think you need to change yourself, and then after everyone's perfect, you know, then they can like you know we can start to bet you know better society. But everyone has their own problems, and they're trying to say oh. This is the problem. This is the problem. No, I know everyone's just complaining. Basically, it's just a lot of noise. And I think maybe it's because like the social media or whatever it is, it's everyone's just so entitled to their opinion. They feel so offended when everyone and anyone has a different opinion. My opinions are whatever different, but like I let, I let people, I mean, I listen to, to, to people, but like, I just think that they're not offering real solutions. Their solution is defund the police. Terrible, terrible solution. Um, is that really the solution that this is like this, all this ruckus is defund the police. That's a terrible solution. I mean, then what, you know, what else are you guys, you know, what else is being offered right now? So I think the change needs to happen at the individual level, you know, just going out and, uh, and yelling and, you know, you know, all this ruckus that's going on. Like, I don't know. I, I support the idea. I I'm even, I take it one step further than human rights and, 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 you know, black lives matter. I mean, I, I, I think like every soul, every, uh, even, even animals, like, I, I mean, I'm, I kind of take it like to a, an extreme extent, you know, we live in this uh, interconnected world and I think every, every being um, has like a role and I don't think you, you should be able to, you know, to, to harm really, um, you know, other animals that, you know, that you don't need to. So I kind of take, I, I think every person, every being um, should be respected more than they are. So, so I, I'm on the same page with the protests, um, the philosophy of it. I think it's being very manipulated. So it's hard uh, for me to get behind it 100% because I do think it's being manipulated by a lot of these um, liberals. It usually tends to happen during like an election year and it's just very like political. I think with the bricks and everything, I think it's just like there's something more going on behind the scenes and I don't know what it is. And I feel bad that they're using such like, it, it is a very good ideal. So they're, I think they're using it and, and I hate the fact that they're doing it because you don't want to 
speak against, you know, you know, like, you know, black equality or, or anyone equality. But like, at the same time, I don't think this is good for like the black people. I mean, if there was, I'm Jewish, if there was like Jewish lives matter, you know, a protest, I would think, wait, so do Jewish lives not matter? Of course they do. No one's saying black lives don't matter. Like, and the fact that everyone's saying it, it makes them think like, wait, like they're not, they don't matter. It makes them think probably that like they're, you know, they, they're just born into this like miserable situation that they can't possibly get out of. Yes, you can. Everyone has the ability. It's not like the 1950s where you literally don't have opportunity. I do think people have opportunity. I think it starts by, by themselves. You know, I think everyone needs to help themselves first. The government, the protests aren't going to help you. Um, and the fact that you, you're feeling like a victim, that's not going to help you either. You know how that goes. You know, if you feel like you're a victim, you know, that you're not going to help yourself. So like you need to take responsibility for your, for your own, um, life, your own livelihood. And, uh, this, this whole, you know, that's why like, I, you know, I love the idea of black equality. I mean, I mean, but, but, but to, you know, I just don't think that this is necessarily helping, um, I don't think it's necessarily serving the purpose it's supposed to. That's why I can't get behind a hundred percent, but I'm behind it in theory. Um, I'm just, I'm just not, and I'm behind equality and, you know, of, of all these men, anyone who, who, who does feel like that they're being, um, victimized. Um, I, I want them to, you know, I want them to have the same opportunities and, you know, and I, and, and I get it, like I'm white. And so that's, it's easy to say that like, you know, well, of course you're a doctor because you were born white in America. Well, it's, it's easy to say that you were born with two parents in the household. You were born to a Jewish the two family. Parents we thing really, has nothing. The Jewish, yes, that's, that's, that's a stat. What do you right mean? Why, why is that a good because Why is the born- Jewish thing good? It's a minority that there's a lot of anti-Semitism. And I know the slavery thing happened in the 1850s, but the Holocaust happened in the, what, what was it, the 1940s yeah, or 1950s? Jeff, so Jeff, 100 about, years more recent. About and Jim- like that's 6 million people that died. I don't know how many slaves were, but 6 million, 7 million people that died, uh, Jews, um, or however many it was, I don't know exactly the statistics, but like, you know, it's not good for the person to say, oh, we're victimized. Um, it's, it's other people's fault. No, like you got to take responsibility. It, it's okay if you're dealt a bad hand. You need to use that and, you know, use it as leverage. I don't think just um, complaining and uh, and I, I don't mean to sound insensitive because, you know, I, I'm on board with, with Well, with you're sounding insensitive because you're, because you're not educated on the fact. And you, you got to be careful right. when you're going to go out and say stuff when you don't know. Did you know that the German government has didn't keep up any swastikas or continue to you know, put Jews into concentration camps or to burn them in ovens for 75 years after the Holocaust, you know, so they, built, about, hold on, yeah. they, they built monuments yeah. to say like, Hey, we fucked up. They paid reparations towards Jewish people who lived in Germany. And so hold on. We lost our video. You just went black. Yeah. You went black. On me. We, we went black. <laughs> Once um, you go black, you don't go back. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Where um, and I, video, you can hear but, me, but yeah, yeah, I can still hear you. But you know, the, the idea is that like, you know, just because the 13th amendment passed the United States and we, and we, you know, freed the, the Africans that we enslaved in our country, like that didn't, it, it didn't stop there. There was still Jim Crow. There was still segregation that we were still lynching people in this country. So- so what's like, that was a hundred that was two hundred years ago. No, 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 what's that, going on we, right now? We still we still lynch people in this country legally up until the nineteen sixties. And I and I said, like, look at the progress we've made. So I'm what's not, going I'm not, on? I'm not now? discrediting the, the progress. I'm saying that the progress is 
you know, just like America, like, you know, we're talking about now, we never dealt with the problems and the issues. We continue to still have problems because we haven't dealt with these things. We don't have conversations. We don't have education around. The I mean, topic. I think we've dealt with it. If there was lynchings no. in the 1960s of blacks and there was, and there was don't 6 you, million you know, deaths you know for, about, for Jews in the 1940s. Talk, I mean, and for, for all sides, for all minorities, just for people in general, I mean, the progress is like, it's almost like a, a, a miracle of um, just like what we can do. I think it's one of the, be the best things that people have done in these last 50 years. You go from, I mean, think of like how much, violence we had compared to how much violence we have now i mean it's it's um pretty minuscule so what's um so tell me what um what, what do you want to um what do you think in an ideal world will be like accomplished what's your definition of uh institutional uh, racism or sy systemic racism so what's the problem and what do we need to fix and you have to be specific or else it's hard to have like a conversation about it because if you don't know what the specific problems are, then you, you can't figure out a solution. So, so before we can really have like a discussion about it, you have to be specific. At like, what do you need? What do you want to get fixed? And, and what are, and then we can say like what we're going to do about it as a, as a species, because I think we all do want this stuff. We're just not asking the right questions. Like what is the problem? And, um, and so then we can actually collectively, think about how we're going to solve it because I think we're all on the same page. We, we do want to solve this problem. I mean, we don't want people to be victimized. We don't want them to have the, we don't, I, if, if I was black, I wouldn't want there to be thousands of people saying black lives matter because it would make me think my life maybe doesn't matter. You know, like that's how I would probably think. I wouldn't want to think that I have to fight that my life matters. So like, what's the problem? Like why? So we don't have to have these. Jeff, Jeff you're, missing, you're missing the point though. The, the, what we need to do. So these protests don't happen is mm -hmm. that, you know, again, people are stigmatized and we've talked about this. This goes back to just, you know, in our genes itself, you know, if we see something or animals just see something that doesn't look like them or something they know, they, they just bolt birds fly away. Squirrels run away. So us as humans, we have those tendencies and just because we've advanced on, you know, the surface level, you know, slowly, we progress technologically as a society and our culture in the United States, we haven't really tackled those issues. We haven't dealt with those issues. We just said, hey, here's the Civil Rights Act. Hey, and we just are one sports franchise is finally said, hey, you can't fly the Confederate flag. The Confederate flag is so funny. It's the original participation trophy. Hey, you guys didn't win yeah, the war, baby. but here's a flag. Yeah. You yeah. can still wave it up. You were, like, you, yeah. Yeah. you guys second, were close. Second, second place. Second place out of two. But, uh, you know, there's a... <laughs> um, I mean, so it, it's funny. So it's like not, nothing was contributed to then. It wasn't anything that was good. And, you know, we finally, and like, again, even like the statues of Civil War, uh, uh, Confederate soldiers or generals, you know, Arizona put up a statue as early as late as 1980, Arizona wasn't even a state. So again, if you understand that this part of the country wanted to continue slavery and continue fighting for this part, and then they were like, they were, oh, Hey, we're just still going to put these statues up. We're still going to wave these flags and we're still going to rule against you in court cases and we're going to electrocute you. We're going to hang you from trees. And we're going to put you to death because that. So again, that had happened all the way up to the 1960s. And, you know, we don't have, don't know about what happened in the court case in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, 
where that kid was running and these two guys are running around on their pickup truck with, I don't know what kind of guns they had. And they thought it was okay to shoot this kid because they thought he looked like somebody like that's, it's not, you know, a free country that you have to worry about going out for a jog. And the same thing goes with the police, which I think everybody's experiencing now. That's why a lot of people are a little upset with what's going on in police departments is because it's not the fact that, Hey, police are directly targeting black people. I wouldn't say that's directly the case. It's like, you know, the stat is true. More African-Americans percentage wise, the people like end up being criminals. Cops go out and cops aren't taught to say, Hey, we have to actually connect with our communities. We have to understand who the people are. We're not bettering the people. We're telling the cops to get some fucking guns, go out there and go guns blazing. But it's like, you know, now people go out and protest and it's like, well, police officers, we don't need you going out, running people over with cars and shooting tear gas and pepper spray at people like, like we, we don't need that. Yeah. There's people who are out there who are violently protesting and you know, they need to be handled and they need to be taken care of, but there, there's a certain tier of the police department that needs to deal with that. But for the most part, we don't need people going out there and affecting and harming a regular citizens and who have no idea how to, to, you know, disarm a conflict or um, any confrontation when it's just like, hey, we're going to shoot you. Hey, we're going to arrest you. And, you know, I, I think that there's definitely a certain sway that different people with different skin colors with different, depending on the cop and depending on the skin color of the cop, get treated in a lighter and easier way. I think that just happens. And that just I goes mean, straight I, yeah. that even like judges have ruled against people with different skin colors much harsher and much more critical than they would have against, you know, I mean, it's, it's even funny. You could even say, which they did this, they did this little like poll. It's like, Oh, they looked at no, I, yeah, I agree. Um, I, no, the people I who agree. didn't, who didn't judges who were doing sentencing for people who just didn't eat lunch or if, if they, they had ate lunch and they were in a better mood because their blood sugar was higher, they gave more lenient sentences. But if you caught the judge before lunch or at the end of the day, and he hadn't had his dinner or lunch yet, he's going to give you, they gave harsher rulings. Yeah. But it's, it's like, like you said, we're dealing you know, with people. It's just we're not because we're dealing, with people, we're dealing with people and, and people have these emotions that are not logical. Um, and uh, it's, it's going to be, there's going to be a bias. There's going to be bias. And it's unfortunate that a lot of cops, especially cops, people in power, like I think that there's very few racists in the general population. I think there's very few racists in the police, but more so in the police just because a lot of people and the minority still, but a lot of people uh, who are cops are attracted to that type of a profession because they like to control. They kind of have this personality already uh, with these biases already, but we need the police. You know, it, it, you know, let's let you want to live in a world with no police, you know, someone. I don't think anybody, in, I don't, don't think anybody's saying, I don't think anybody's saying that. So like, I, I, I don't think know that's, that's a very, that's a very grandiose scale. But like you said, like we're trying to figure that out with education. We think the education system sucks. I don't think the way that we have people enforce the laws in this country is any better. If, we're, if we technically live in the safest and, you know, the safest country in the world and the most well-off country in the world, why don't we treat the civilians of the country like they live in the most well-off country in the world? Why do we use tear gas to make sure that your non-deep state president is going to get a photo op? in front of a church, you know, he just used police officers who don't even have badges and called in military units into Washington, DC. 
That's not the deep state. You're right, Jeff. In order to get a photo shoot and to stop people from protesting and protesting the the most peaceful way they possibly could have at that moment in time. But again, not the deep state. You're right. He's he's, he's an outsider. Oh yeah, the, the Democrats don't do that with their with their African it. little bank, like scarves that they ran around. They took a picture. Dude, I'm used, not. A, I'm not for it. the Democrats. Stop. Oh, stop man. using one side against the other. Dude, I'm not. They all I'm, do it. He took a picture. They're they're doing it for clout. You know. Clout. I know. I know pain? they are. But you, Jeff, you, you, know, you do it for clout. Everyone does it for clout. Like, Jeff, you get it for you're, a little you're getting away from the point. You're saying like, oh, it's these guys. You sound like a seven year old. You're saying, oh, it's these guys are doing it, and this guy's not but what about them and what about them they're all the problem just just admit that they're all the problem and let's let's fix it man so what's your solution what's your what's your solution if trump is the most outsider of them all which you have to agree he is and he can't do it then who is going to do it like what's your solution there's none okay that's my point is there, there's none you could think about it i've thought about it like i thought maybe having an outsider like trump would be a solution you're right it's not it's not a solution I'm not saying I love Trump. Like, if by any means, I don't think the guy handled COVID right. I, I don't think he, you know, he's not a medical person. So, of course, like, you have this guy talking about me- medical stuff. He's going to sound like an idiot. I mean, this is not his specialty. So, and then he's, you, you know, so I'm not, like, saying Trump is our, our the, the next coming of the Messiah by any means. The guy has a lot of problems, a lot of issues, you know, didn't do well in business in some aspects. Like, I'm not saying he's good. I'm not saying he's bad. Like I'm saying politics is politics and there's nothing we can really do to change it. There is a, there is this deep state with these uh, kind of like these roots. What are we going to do about it? I don't know. I'm not, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a 30 year old, like, you know, resident. I'm just trying to live my life to better myself. No, no, no. You got to sacrifice, man. You got to sacrifice for the greater good of of our country. We need to be out in the street. We need to put ourselves our, our own greater good behind us for the betterment of the, everybody. I, I think the deep state is a little bit behind uh, the protest. What's with the bricks? And then uh, why are they all in support of it? Like I, I totally agree that those bricks or oh, those bricks are, are very, very controversial. Oh, they're just all of a sudden there's bricks the in cities. There's just all these bricks in these cities. Like, Hey, what's the, what's the deal with the brick? You know, I'm not saying, yeah, I think, I think that they, I don't know why they're doing it, but like, you know, I think they're behind it. So that's why, is that really the solution when they want us to do that? I don't think the solution is anything that they want us to do. So I think we need to come up with our own grassroots solution. That's not this. And it's, and it's, and you know, I don't know. Have you talked to like a lot of like black people? Like they are really like so behind this because like, it's, it's obvious, like black lives matter. Does it really matter when so many black people are dying from diabetes, from obesity, from heart disease? These are the number one killers of black people. They're not talking about any of that. Obviously, black on black crime is, is is it's more. So, like, why is it only a thing? It's obviously it's the reason that it's only a thing. Black lives matter is because it's a political thing that I don't think the black people are starting. I think Jeff, it's like Jeff, yes, Jeff, Jeff. Then why don't they care about the things that really kill black people? One out of three black people die from heart disease. Why don't they talk about stuff that actually kills them? Because you know, Jeff, Jeff, you got, Jeff, you got to stop that. Because because right now they're being, because they're being killed for the color of their skin, they're being looked at differently in arrest or when bad things happen, and their things are happening to them that wouldn't normally necessarily. But heart happen disease to. and diabetes and hold on, hold on, hold on. preventable too. So those, why those, those happen to everybody? But being pulled over by a cop 
and then being but why deta- are we so be- why because, are we so because like, segregated it, here it, we're all people let's all look for solutions to pro- problems that people have these are the things that kill people yeah but cops. you and i aren't cops don't really kill that many you people. and i aren't experiencing things because of the color of our skin we are getting away with things and we're getting lighter passes because the way we look and because again there's there is a statistic there but unfortunately the people are dying you know well, so uh, one guy kills his kills a bunch of people in a church, and then he gets taken to Burger King after. They don't stop him or rough him up. You know, a guy used a fake $20 bill, which is not as bad as going into a church and shooting people. And he's getting put to death. Or a well, kid playing with, a, the, kid playing with a toy gun and, and, and that. But again, those that's enough like small circumstances for this to happen. And I totally agree. People are dying. White people, black people, brown people from heart disease, diabetes. Heart disease is the number one killer so, in the United so States. The, I totally agree with that. So, but you can't use one against the other. It's the same thing with your politics thing. It's saying, well, what about these guys and what about this? We still got a lot of things to fix in our country. This thing, unequal treatment of black people, is something we still got to work on. And we still get to talk about racism yeah. and the way no, people no. feel because that still happens and people are still no, black people are disproportionately um, uh, affected by these health conditions disproportionately. And what have you, so what have you done to educate them on that? What have you done to help? I'm, I mean, I, I do. I do try to help. I, I love diet. Diet is actually one of my favorite topics. And what to have talk you about. done for people in the African-American community? You and like, what have you two done to go out and talk about these things and help people and provide them with different ways to get benefits in their lives and to learn about these things? Because you are a medical professional. What have you done? What kind of have you used to like, help these well, people? Well, like I said, I think this the, is something the, you the can do really can do. well. This is something no, you can do I and think, help people. Yeah. I think the best thing that anyone can do is to first help themselves before they help others, educate themselves. So we shouldn't have education Um, in our country and we shouldn't have people that go to schools. Let's take away all school systems that are provided by the government because people should do it themselves. And we'll take all that away. We'll take away any social thing because we don't want anybody. They got to do it themselves first. So I totally agree. We're going to strip everybody away from all their stuff and say, hey, you're on your own. You got to do it and learn it yourself. And then people will get better and then we can help them. Well, I just, going back to the school system, uh, I do think it's a a method of control. And um, I think that we can get every, (laughs) you know, I think we can get all that information. I mean, like, do you, Hey, listen, you've gone to school for 20 years. Have you ever learned about diet or anything that really affects you? Anything with taxes or anything that actually affects you? No, it's not a good school system. So you want to just keep on doing this thing that doesn't benefit your life, doesn't benefit your health, doesn't benefit your social relations. They don't teach you about meditation, how to connect to other people, how to connect to the environment. It's not teaching you things that are going to benefit your life. Yeah, I do want to change when it comes to education because I think there's a lot of other important things that you can learn about to help yourself and then to help other people. You know, I think um, what you're learning kind of teaches you to be a very individualistic person, only to work, uh, you know, for things for yourself, um, a very selfish society, and it probably does stem from the education system. Um, So, so yeah, I mean, that's just my opinion on the education system, and and I do think that there's many ways to help black people, not just to go protest for, um, to end uh, systemic racism, which I'm not, you know, I know that they're mistreated by um, a lot of judges, but it could also, there's a lot of uh, confounders that you have to take into consideration, you know. It could just be the fact that they're less economic, they're economically disenfranchised and rich people tend to get lesser sentences. Maybe it has nothing to do with the color of their skin. So maybe, you know, 
maybe black people should, um, I mean, it's, it's hard when you have, when you come from a family with low, uh, economic means, but maybe it's not as much the color of your skin as it, as it is, um, economics, uh, as it is finances, which we know finances, like if you're rich, you're gonna, you're gonna be able to pay the judges off. So maybe it isn't, maybe there's these confounders that you're not even considering. You're blaming it on something like black versus white. And it's obvious, it's an obvious thing, but maybe there's confounders that you're not uh, even considering. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, black people are considerably more likely to grow up with one parent. If a white person had one parent, they're also more likely to be economically disenfranchised, more likely to commit crimes because they're trying to provide for themselves. They're not bad people. They're trying to like get food. They're trying to, you know, that's what you do. It's fight or fright, fight or flight. So there's a lot of confounders. You're kind of making it simple. Like, Oh, it's, it's the judges don't like them because they're black. Well, maybe that's no, not no, it. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying they don't like that again. It's just, it's just a, it's just a stat, Jeff, you know? It's just but, a stat what about that happened. Confounder, you know, but no, 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 I, I totally agree. Thing. You know that black people aren't allowed to go live in certain areas in certain neighborhoods, and they're charged way more interest on loans that they want to get from banks to go live in places. You know, that's yeah, that, be, that's a fact. Again, again, yeah, for someone with the color show, of skin, it's because oh, uh, it's not. It maybe doesn't have to do with the fact that they're black because they have a low credit score. They're probably looking at their credit score, saying, "Oh, they're they're less likely to pay me pay me back." So the banks are going to be like, "Well." I don't want to give them a loan. So it probably has nothing to do with the color of their skin. And so you're just looking, oh, you're just looking at the fact that they're black. So, But there's other confounders. And um, and I don't think that there's as much systemic racism. I don't, I've never met a person that hates another person because they're black. I've never met them in my life. Maybe because I'm blind, I live in a bubble. It's possible. I've never, and, I, and I listened to Lil Wayne talk about it. Lil Wayne said he's never experienced... Uh, any racism in his entire life, maybe because he's famous and everyone loves him. But um, I don't know how systemic or institutionalized this really is. It could just be other confounders that are skewing the statistics. And, and it's easy to skew statistics. It's extremely easy. I, I'm big into research and it's easy to skew the statistics. You have to be very um, adept at reading papers, realizing what these biases are and these ways to look at things. You can have the same results interpreted two different ways. So I think that's what's going on to a large extent, maybe not a hundred percent. And uh, I hope I'm not sounding insensitive because like, you know, I do want to, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not against uh, black lives matter. Okay. I'm not, uh, I'm just um, offering a different maybe mindset, which is why you had me on the podcast. Cause you, you say I have a different way of looking at things. That's my way of looking at things. I think there's other variables. Um, and I don't think that racism is so rampant because I've never met a single racist person in my entire life that, came out and told me I hate black people. Never met them. I don't know how many people that, um, that, that still think that way. So, and I'm glad we live in a society like that, that where people don't hate each other like automatically. I mean, I don't know what the solution is with the protests. Like I hope that it does um, materialize some positive benefits in society, but I do think it comes from the person. I think, you know, just pointing the finger, I think defunding the police, I think uh, calling, you know, you know, Kind of being violent to a lot of police like i don't know if that's the answer violence never solved the problem i mean maybe it did maybe that is the solution i don't well, think it i is. mean I don't think do you know do you know any other revolution that you know did the american not in this way no this is a civil this is be turning into a civil war and it's like you know the people fighting against the people when kind of the elite class they they almost want this to happen they want the people to be fighting so just the democrats like, right not the republicans just the democrats no I, I agree the democrats and the republicans are are in the same box i agree i agree with you i think they so i think that they make it look like they're complete opposites when they are in the same 
box where, um, yeah, that's what I think. I, I've always felt that, like that they, that's why I'm not, I think I'm a registered Democrat. I still am. I'm a registered Democrat, but like I look at the person and like, you know, they, they make me vote one or the other. I vote for who I like, but like it doesn't really do much. So like I'm in agreement. There's nothing, you know, we can do in this system. We got to change the system, but but, but the protests are not changing the system uh, at all that I want to change. I want to change the way that we, we treat, you know, everything. Um, I want to, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of other uh, problems. I think like, I think global warming is a problem. So that's a democratic issue. Um, I think this AI kind of coming up and it's going to create some really big problems in the future with jobs and, you know, with, with other things. I, I think that's, I think nuclear war is, is a problem. I think there's some big problems that are just not really discussed. Um, bigger than um, some other problems that are getting more attention right now. So I think there's a lot of problems. I mean, and I think uh, we need to uh, we need to come together and look for solutions. Um, but uh, you know, I do think that ch real change comes um, from yourself first. And um, I don't know, violence. No, I don't think the violence is helping this particular situation that it's aiming to to fix. No, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's really helping. Well, I think it, it is. I think that all the protests and all the people. Um... You know, again, I think, yeah, some people don't have the best understanding of what is happening, what's going on. But you know what? Going out there and assembling and talking with people and learning is 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 a beautiful thing. And that's a very individual, not individual, but unique right that's protected in our Constitution. That's not protected in almost any other country around the world. And it's a beautiful thing. It's it's unfortunate it's happening in a pandemic. But, you know. I think this is a way more important issue that people are willing to risk their lives for this because it's that important. And I think you got to look at the, you know, the people that are out there and I don't think we can look at them and judge them and say they're idiots or they're dumb because, no, you know, I, just because I, the, conserv I, the conservatives out there who are, you know, protesting that were out there protesting first, that all the shutdown and lockdown happened. They have the right yeah. to be upset and they have the right to go out there and protest. It's, it's, it fucking sucks that, you know, a lot of people who are yeah. going out, a majority of our country is unhealthy. They're not in shape. And, you know, there, there is a lot of people, if you go out there, who are at risk and are very at risk of contracting the COVID-19. And it's, it's unfortunate. However, you know, what we're doing here, what I'm doing here, where I sacrifice extra time in my day and extra time in my stuff is I want to go out there and make a change. I have conversations with people who, who know way more about things. I can bring them in and get them out there and inspire to get them to go do things positive. So a challenge I got for you, dude, because you say you don't know what you can do. You know a lot of stuff. You understand a lot of things about science and the medical profession and just about being an individual and how to grow as an individual. I want you to take your skills and help people, man. I want you to dedicate an hour or two hours every week to helping people to do those things. Because again, some people may not know what you know. And if you think it starts with the individual, I want you to inspire some individuals yeah, out and, there. And I have plans. I have plans right now. Um, you know, I'm building. I'm building the plans, and uh, right. I don't want to. Don't want to. I mean, I could. I could talk about them, but you know, it, they're still in the works. But we'll like, bring it back me. on. We'll bring you back on when those are ready. Yeah, those are those are coming. They're in the works. Um, uh, you know, I I'm not a selfish, individualistic person. Like I'm trying to focus on myself so I can help other people later. And the later is. Uh, Unless I die, I think it's gonna before that can happen. But uh, I, I do plan on on helping other people with the, with the education um, more so in medicine and politics because you know I don't plan to be an expert and I try to like distance myself from a lot of it. Um, uh, but like more so in in med you know medicine, I'm trying to like uh, educate people and in in those ways just because that's that's more of what I'm interested in, more of my specialty, how I feel like I can contribute to. Um, 
the, the, the world at this point. So, yeah. So, I'm, so I'm, get out yeah. there and make a change, man. <laughs> you, you come from a solid background. Best. You're lucky guy to be born where you're born, to experience what you've experienced. We both I mean, are. We all are. I think, I know, I think we, we all are. are. I think everyone saying, in the country saying, is. I'm saying us, from where we were born, from what we've had, coming up in the households we have, that you can still help those who don't have. I'm just saying. Everybody can help. You know, I'm Jeff, ever... Jeff, stop complaining about other people. We're talking about you and me right now. You and me are being held to the fire right now. Well, let's let's just, why not extend? Everyone needs to help. Everyone needs to I help totally themselves. Agree. Everyone needs to help but others. We're, but we're going to be, we're going to be the spark. You, you, got, you, you can't not be the spark, man. You, you're the spark, dude. <laughs> you're the spark, man. You're powerful, right. man. Don't let anybody tell you you aren't. I feel the electricity already. You know, it's coming. God you, damn you just, it. You, you kind feel of it? zapped me. I know this is Zoom. This is COVID, but I felt it. I don't know how. I thought we were social distancing, but I don't know. I, I, I could feel it. You know, I could. I feel it pulsating. Not in my world, but uh, we're going to wrap this up. That was two hours, dude. We uh, we pulled a solid wow. two hours. We started off Goodbye. in skin, like- and then we got heated into Sperry's. Skin for the win, and uh, I'm always uh, I'm always excited whenever you bring me back on. Hopefully, there'll be more because we always have always a good time dude. And- the door is the bus door is always open for you to take a ride on because you're never off the bus. But um, yeah, let people know where they can catch you. I know you have a whole new dermatology page. I know um, you gave a lot of solid information. If you could share some stuff over that, I could add in the show description. Um, and I'll also have some videos to cut up for you for you to share of what we talked about um, all across the episode. So um, go ahead, let people know where they can find you, connect with you. And um, yeah, let them know yeah. if they should be buying anything or using anything. Or I know we talked about in that show, but you know, point the people in the right direction. Yeah. And you can, um, so anyways, my, uh, I have two Instagrams. Uh, because I try to keep my personal life and my, um, my dermatology life a little separate, you know, uh, made some uh, not the best choices when I was a younger kid. Not not the worst. They uh, turned me into the human I am today, which I'm <laughs> happy about. So that's why I keep it separate. But you can follow me on either uh, Jeff underscore Morris uh, is zero instead of an O for Morris uh, is my personal. Uh, follow me. I'll have to accept you. And then anyone can just follow my dermatology page, which I'm just starting because I just started this journey um, in dermatology like a year, less than a year ago, really. Um, is when I started the residency. So uh, please follow me there if you're interested in, you know, some skin tips for some surgeries that I've been doing. And um, I want to get, you know, I'm just going to, one of the things uh, that I want to do to help people, um, you know, is to learn about um, the skin, especially medical students uh, and dermatology residents, you know, with with surgeries and skincare products. So uh, follow me there at Dr. Morris Dermatology on Instagram. And uh, I'm going to continue posting and Definitely follow me there. Ask me any questions. If you're a medical student, you have any questions on how I can get into dermatology or really anything that you feel like I can help you out. I love helping other people. So please uh, email me or, or, t- or uh, send me a, a message in Instagram. And that's how you can uh, contact me. And, I'm, and I'd love to hear from you. Just be like, hey, like, you know, I heard about you from uh, from the bus driver, uh, you know, experience. You know, it's a good experience. Keep on listening to this guy because he uh, he, he never is never, never, never a dull moment. Um, and that's about it. I mean, um, I look forward to, uh, you know, to, to seeing you in person and, uh, I know you're going to be coming to visit uh, us soon. I will. I definitely will. Uh, you know, in a couple, um, let me, uh, I'll tell you, I'll give you an exact date pretty soon, but, uh, maybe I'll be on the bus in person, uh, in, um, LA with you in, in a couple months. I'm going to hold you to that, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show and, uh, just to hang on real quick before I sign off. Um, 
I want to talk to you after the show. Um, everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, remember, go check out Jeff's pages on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, anything else you want to learn about the skin, reach out to him, connect with him. Um, again, you know, why we do these shows is to bring on, you know, amazing people who know a lot more than I do about certain topics. I try and uh, keep up my best with them. But, you know, again, like Jeff mentioned, you got to go out there and you got to be interested in uh, making your world better and learning about that stuff. And, you know, if I can be your first step and your first uh, introduction to some new things to make your life better, that's what we're trying to do here. You know, there's amazing people to learn from. And Jeff is just one of the many that we've talked to on the show. Go check out all of our other shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, uh, YouTube. Our video version is going to be on YouTube after this. You can listen to the show there. If you do that on YouTube or iTunes, please make sure you subscribe. Leave me a review. Please share the show. It really helps people find all this stuff, this beneficial information. And if you did see or something beneficial, you know, sharing that over to your Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, it's always beneficial. I really appreciate it. And if you want to get crazy and you really want to support this show and keep the wheels moving on the bus or even keep the wheels on the bus, you can go ahead and you can support me on Patreon. I have a Patreon page as well as uh, I have a sponsor, Ambry Gardens. Uh, and you can check out some of their CBD products. Uh, I've had some amazing benefits from using their products, um, especially when it comes to rehabilitation after a long workout. Putting some of that stuff um, on certain sore areas of the body has been tremendous and it's helped. I'm always skeptical about using those things. If you want to learn more about that, you can check out our other podcast with Michael Hinden. We talk about how cannabinoids react with the body and skin and different cells. And uh, that's it, guys. Thank you so much. We put two shows in today. We'll be back potentially Friday or Saturday. If not, we're going to be back Monday. Check out all the shows. And remember, you're either on the bus or you're off the bus. Is the most uh, for those who.